Hello? Hi. Hi, you're an uncle. I'm an uncle. I can't believe... Can you believe that? Do you... Um, congratulations. First of all, do you feel like additional responsibility suddenly in your life? I have no idea. Maybe. My sister just had a baby about three hours ago, four hours ago. Um, six pounds, five ounces, and his name is Thomas, and he's so cute. It's such a strange feeling being an uncle. I'm so excited. You sent me a beautiful picture of both of them. I cannot believe that your sister looks, A, so gorgeous, and uh, the baby look, just looks amazing. And it, I know Thomas came a little bit earlier than expected, but um, it sounds like everything is really good, right? Everything's great. The baby's healthy. Everyone's excited. Saiba and Keith are doing well. Um, Amy and I are actually going to head over there to the hospital right after we finish up here. So I'm so excited to meet my nephew. That's awesome. Are you going to be like awkward baby holder? Maybe. Um, I'll have Amy take a picture and send it to you. And you can, you can pretty much, you can decide for yourself if I look awkward or not. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was, I was awkward baby holder with my own child. How long did it take you before you figured it out? I don't think I have. <laughs> like, like, like a really, a really don't. <laughs> I don't know. I just never, like, you didn't, I never, I don't know. You, Jack's a really big kid now. I mean, it would be awkward for anyone to hold him, I think, at this point. Now I just drag him. He hangs onto my ankle, and <laughs> I just, like, drag him to his bedroom uh, by my foot. But, Sim, congratulations. Thank you. And are you recording this? So yeah. we can tell our listeners? Okay, good. Absolutely. I'm recording all this. Guess what? It's now Uncle Sim. So please address any emails you feel like sending us. Oh, great. Now it's Uncle Sim. Why did you do that? I'm going to be Uncle Sim from now on. This is. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So let's just dive right in. So the response has been great. Thank you so much for listening to the compilation we made last week. It's been fun to listen to. Anna, have you ever listened to any of the older podcasts at two times speed? No. It, like listening back, I have to be in a mood, like really particular mood, just like watching my show or watching anything that I've, any project I've been a part of, because I get so anxious listening to my own voice, seeing my face and the weird things that it does. And like, you know, well, listening to why well, so many, so many episodes to go through. So listening to them at two speed is an awesome experience. We sound like chipmunks, but you can sta- you can hear everything. But you can finish an entire episode in about 20 minutes, which is great. Sam, you shouldn't encourage people to do you're that. You're right. You're though. right. No, that was just for me, for my research. Okay, you're right. Please listen to it at normal one speed. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of a cough. It's so annoying. It's okay. Um, so do you want to dive right in? Yeah, okay. dive right in. So the first clip we're about to play is May 17th, Chelsea Handler. So Chelsea was so candid and so captivating. Describe your excitement level when you, when you knew she was going to be a guest. Um, I was really nervous because, I, you know, I had done her show a few times and she was always kind to me, but also really, you know, she's incredibly witty and she can be pretty biting at times. And, um, and so I was really flattered and, and excited when she agreed to do our show. But I also felt like, Am I going to be equipped for this? Am I just going to be like, I, I had no idea, but she was I, like just so surprisingly um, 
I knew that she would uh, like obviously be candid because that's how she always is, but mm-hmm. but also really kind. And uh, I hope she would be annoyed with me by describing her as surprisingly kind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that that was my impression, and uh, and she stayed and hung out um, afterwards, and and I, and I I just really I felt like I I got a different version of her like the guest host relationship as opposed to her being the host guest relationship. I know exactly what you mean. It would just watching you two talk. It really seemed like you both are really close friends. It was a great conversation and you both were extremely candid. I, I thought, you know, you, you offered up a lot about yourself um, in this clip that we're about to play. She talks intimately about a previous relationship and it felt kind of like the story. It's, it felt like kind of like a story that she would tell her close friends as opposed to the whole world. Did you ever get that feeling from her? Well, I think like on our podcast, that's been sort of one of the amazing things is that it brings out that level of intimacy like we've talked about. But I also think that she, um, you know, I, I don't know how, how frequently she gets interviewed. I'm sure she does a lot, but, but mostly, you know, she spends her living interviewing. So, um, so I wonder if for her, it's, you know, it's a different kind of therapeutic relief to be on the other end of the microphone, um, in the sense of like of revealing yourself. And I, I was so appreciative of how hysterical she was, but also, you know, but also really honest and kind and, um, and, uh, and, and herself as well, you know, <laughs> she's like, she's also, you know, she can totally be terrifying. She can, <laughs> I mean, I've been at a couple of like her parties where she's like, oh, so you're that mess. Wow. Like, yep. She, she said that, but she said that jokingly, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's listen in right now from May 17th. Here's Chelsea Handler. celebrity you masturbated to or uh, had a sex dream about? Okay. I don't masturbate ever. I wish I did. I, I think I either. have no, You know what my What's doctor told me the other me? day? Yeah. That I have like very low testosterone levels. And I really? said, and she said, you know, you can fix that. And I said, but what does testosterone affect? Is it just your sex drive? And she said, well, basically energy and sex drive. I said, well, my energy is fine. And I don't really want to deal with a high sex drive right now. I'm pretty fucking busy. If I was doing what I was doing and then going home and just fucking the shit out of people, then I'd really be tired. So I don't know that I want to take, she's like, it's a cream. I'm like, cream sounds like premenopausal. <laughs> like, I don't want to put a cream on my body. But um, I, what was the question? Um, do you masturbate? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> no. But who have I had a celebrity? Oh, I have dreams about tons of people. So masturbating to me, because my parents, even though they- Do you have time to masturbate? Well, I probably could. I mean, it could take, what, three minutes? Three to four, five, like what? I just six. I don't love the idea of masturbating because then you're sitting there by yourself. I know. And then what? Lonely and guilty. It's sad. Yes. I agree. Yeah. It's like post-coital minus another person. I don't find that to be like a great situation. I agree. 
Sim, can you help us with this? I, I, I can only speak for, for men. men. It's completely yeah, different. You need to master All, yeah, Men need to master it. It's totally exactly. different. It's maintenance. Women, it's maintenance. I'm, just not, yeah. I'm interested in, in fucking somebody when I'm into somebody. And I'm interested, like, when I'm not seeing somebody, the thought of sex doesn't even cross my mind. I don't ever go home and think I'm going to go finger blast myself. But do you ever, then, do you ever get, like, built up hormones? No. And then you have, no. like, a sex got, dream? Yeah, I think I'm sure I've had some. But I mean, not that I can recall. I'm sure if other people are having them, then I, sh- I'm sh- I assume I have to. <laughs> That's what I use as my ba- basic Geiger. I'm like, if I think it, there must be 5,000 other girls that think this. Um, but no, I've never masturbated to a celebrity or had. I mean, I'm sure I've had a dream about a celebrity. But I've never masturbated and been like, oh, my God, Vince Vaughn's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take that kind of stuff seriously. It's like I also could never wear a negligee. Like I could never be like, hey, buddy. I know. I agree with you. I have like I have like some trashy lingerie. Do you wear it? N- no. Only when I'm kind of drunk uh-huh. or whatever. But, but, but I am playing a character. I'm like, okay, brace myself. I'm playing this weird girl who's comfortable wearing this shit. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, ta-da. Honey. Do you guys have a lot of sex, you and Chris? I think we have an okay. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, we're not. We have to spend a lot of time apart. So, so when you see each other, you do want to have. I, sex. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, it is nice. What are you? you nice. What are you nodding at, Sim? Are you there when they're I'm, having sex? I'm, I'm yeah. interested He's like, in the yes, conversation. I'm absolutely. I think it's incredible. A very robust sex life. He's it's, always. It's, who are you having sex with, Sim? It's a better question. I, I have a <laughs> lovely, lovely girlfriend. <gasps> oh, what's her yeah. name? Her name is Amy. Oh, that's yes. nice. She, she sounds is great. And we just moved She's in together. Wonderful. Oh, good yeah. for you. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. It is exciting. That is exciting. Very stressful and exciting. It's always those moments I think in life that are exciting, like the beginnings of things. Have you ever lived with a guy? Yeah. How many times? How many men? One. One. One man. Okay. Yeah. I lived with him for like three, four years. Oh. And by the end of it, I literally walked out the door and said, I will never see you. I will never walk back in this whatever house Damn. condo. I just. Yeah. I didn't. It I was. love that. Yeah. I just wow. hated him by the time it was over. I hated what him. What did you hate? Do you, well, you don't have to go too much into it. Oh, of but. course. I have, I'm happy to. He, in the beginning of the relationship, you know the very thing that attracts you ends up like kind of repulsing you by the end. And in the beginning of the relationship, he was the boss at E. He was like the head of the network. And I was had a show on the network. And he was like kind of a mentor. And he like really adored me. And I was really into him. He was older. He was 20 years older. He knew everything about the business and the fact that he was so kind of, you know, I had never had a man like that in my life. Like I've always liked older men. I've always been into older men. And as you get like, now that I'm 40, I'm like, well, not that much older. Like you can't have a 20 year (laughs) age gap when you're 40. I'm like, okay, maybe 48 is my limit. Not fucking 60. When I was 20, I could date a 40 year old. When I was 30, I could date a 50 year old. And then it's a wrap. So, and then he did this cute little thing where you would like eat potato chips and, and he would dip them in, in pico, like not pico de gallo, but like canned salsa, but potato chips. Those, yummy. Not, no, no not no, yummy. No, that's, it's not, that's, they don't go together. Yeah. It's like potato I chips think, and ranch I, I, or I tortilla chips and salsa. It's not right. potato chips and salsa. So he would eat that shitty fucking canned salsa and he would put them on his chips. And I remember like the last six months, cause I really tried, we went to therapy and I just outgrew him. That's all that happened. I fell in love with a man that was older than me because he loved me and was like fawning over me like a complete narcissist does. And then I grew up and realized I don't want somebody fawning over me. I want somebody who's going to fucking tell me the truth. And I outgrew him. And by the end of that relationship, every time he dipped a potato chip into that fucking salsa, 
I wanted to rip my vagina out of my like off of my body and throw it onto his face. I hated him. It was scathing. And I finally just got up one morning and we had gone to therapy with some fucking lunatic therapist that a friend of mine, some celebrity friend of mine recommended who was out of her fucking, you know, head. She didn't even have like lights on in the room because she had so much plastic surgery. And I was like, I can't even see her. Like, where is this woman? And she was just like a cat talking from like a sofa. And I remember waking up and I had secured an apartment right on Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica in one of those high rises and I had just rented out the entire top floor because I was just about to go on a comedy tour stand up tour I had a book coming out my show had just started taking off and it was like really becoming popular and I knew I just needed like the sound of the ocean and I needed to get away from him because he was just fucking suffocating me and I secured it it was like sleeping with the enemy like I had planned my escape and then I got up one morning and he pushed my buttons too far and just said something like, you're an ungrateful, whatever. He said something really nasty that he was going to cancel my show and I was going to be nothing oh without God. him. And I said, I'm walking out the store and I will never walk back in this apartment again or condo. We had bought a condo. Damn. And he said, you'll never keep it. And I said, I have more cash than you at this point. So you can fucking buy it from me, but you will never control me like that ever. And since then, we've made up because, you know, he was in a bad spot and he was mm-hmm. losing me and I think he was desperate and said nasty things. But I just thought, you will never threaten me or control me at that moment. And I walked out and I never went back. And I felt like, you know, you have those moments where you grow up in life. There's always like a little glimmer. Like that day, I was like, I grew up today. And he scared the shit out of me. I thought maybe I had lost everything. Like maybe he meant it. Maybe he was going to cancel my show. Maybe I was going to be nothing. And maybe my only success was because of him. And then I went on a book tour and I had a number one New York Times bestselling book. And I did stand up in 64 cities all while doing my show. And I thought, yeah, I'm fucking powerful. I'm fucking strong. And not to be like an egomaniac, but no one will define you. No one can ever take yourself away from you. And I had to get back to myself. I love it that you had the plan, though, because I, I think that my theory, and I hate to – I talk a lot about this. I hate to, I don't like to gender stereotype, but I do think that a, a lot of times women are in, in relationships, and it's like, okay, if you don't change this, I got to go. If you don't change this, I got to go. If you don't change this and – and then like that continues for like three years. Women say that to men? Yes. And then finally when it's like, you didn't do it, I'm out of here. There's the shock factor for the man. Like, what? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you didn't even give us a chance. Right. And it's like, no, no, dude. How did you break up with your first husband? Can you talk? Well, I can't talk probably too much about it. But I, um, but I, I, there were so many red flags that I just didn't. And I was immature. I was an idiot. I, you know, I was a like a small town girl from north of Seattle that was kind of blown away by the industry and um, and moved in early on in a relationship when I shouldn't have, you know, you know, when like you move in. Yeah. And you know, months. you should not be there. You're yeah. like, I, everything I'm doing is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I'm being wrong. Yeah. In every way. But uh, and then, you know, got married. But I but I did feel like <coughs> the relationship at least okay, I'm checking that off the list. Like there was, there is that pressure of like, okay, getting married means that I've accomplished that part and I can focus on my career. 
And that's how I felt. And uh, yeah, anyway, it was, it was, uh, we were just too young. And, and then I, uh, I, you know, he was not happy. That you broke up with him? Oh, no, I think he was not happy with me in general. Oh. You know, I know I seem super charming and fun. (laughs) But wait till you have me in bed, Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Anna, Paul Shear is quickly establishing himself as a close friend of the podcast, and he's already contributed so much. In fact, he... He's the one that came up with Milo and Ventimiglia. Um, so tell me about Paul. And, and when you guys talk on, on the podcast, talk about the dynamic between you and Paul. Paul has, Paul is not only so, we, Paul is brilliant on so many different levels. But one of the many reasons he's, he's especially brilliant and a standout is because he is incredibly kind and friendly and there aren't too many people that are as funny and quick and great at improv and willing to play games that are also not jaded yes paul is like he's a love you know he he you feel you feel the love nothing comes from a place of um of of bitterness or anger which actually I think requires a lot more work than, um, do you think it's easier to be funnier if you're an angry person? I think it's easier to be funnier if you're coming from a place of like bitter experience. Um, because it, it, there's just easier targets, but when you're coming from a place like Paul, where it's truly coming out of <laughs> just being really clever and, and kind and open and generous, that is rare and difficult. And, and that's why Paul uh, will always go down as one of my most favorite. I have like, I, you know, I have a gazillion favorite guests, but Paul is, um, he's a, he's a special gem. He definitely holds a, a spot on the unqualified Hall of Fame where we can retire his jersey if we were ever doing that. In this clip, we challenged him to perform, and he completely delivered. He was so funny. And I still go back on, and I listen to his impression of Indiana Jones selling frozen taquitos at Costco. It's so, so, so funny. So here it is from May 24th, Paul Shear. some more right what here. is this what, what, we're, what we're, are we playing we're, we're, now, having, the we're, having, we're having we're having fun the with some improv okay great. what's them? your name what's her name okay. sam tell me your name <laughs> all right no we're, we're gonna give a couple of improv scenarios here oh god all right all right why is he so loud <laughs> we really had a thing going on <laughs> here. Very, yeah. the roofie's I'm really kicking leave. in and he's loud <laughs> really gonna... okay so hans gruber on a tinder date here's your tinder date go Hello, girl. Very nice to meet you. Hi. I have I'm... a question for you. Yeah. First of all, does this place take better bonds? <laughs> I have a bunch of better bonds. What? I have a bunch of better bonds. Does this place take better bonds? I don't have cash or credit. I have a bunch of better bonds from the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> Is that like a Bitcoin? 
kind of a Bitcoin. Anyway, so you think you're a cowboy? You're a cowboy? You like cowboy movies? Okay. Yeah. First of all, yeah. you're fucking creepy. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Second of all, you didn't bring cash or I did. I brought better bonds. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I brought you also a gift. The FBI. The gift of the FBI. <laughs> it's one of the gifts of the... <laughs> it's like so inside baseball. <laughs> fucking Die Hard references. <laughs> if you've not seen Die Hard, you will not get any of this. Right, Hans Gruber specifics. This is excellent, though. All right, let's go to the next one, then. The next one is Hannibal Lecter working his first Why shift. Why do I have to do all these impressions? I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm like hey, fucking... Hey, like, uh, you, you got this. Frank Caliendo over Listen, here. We were going to... We were going <laughs> to... Say this for the camera. We were going to stop earlier, but you're so freaking good at this, so we're going to keep going. Okay. Um, Hannibal Lecter working his first shift at Chipotle. <laughs> I apologize to everyone at this, for this next impression. Hi. What would you like? Uh, I, I just want like a burrito bowl. A burrito bowl. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> <laughs> that was really yeah, good, though. That was one. valiant. Okay, okay, here we go. Batman Fine. auditioning for a commercial for erectile dysfunction. All right, so you have to lead me into this. You're a casting director. Yep, then. she's a casting director. Okay, Barry. Yes. Hey, Barry. Yes. Um. Okay, I'm Lindsay. Lind- Hello, Lindsay. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really connect with the product okay so i know that you're auditioning <laughs> yes. as batman for... no i am batman okay. i'm batman all right so now the product is is um sort of an alternative to cialis it's an alternative to cialis and viagra uh-huh. it's called spurgra 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 and it's supposed to make men feel vital Yes. And young. Yes. And yes. youthful. Uh-huh. So... Just um, go at it. Just read the sides. <laughs> yes, please, please read the sides. Listen! Citizens of Gotham and elsewhere, Spurgra makes you <laughs> hard as a rock and virile as a pony. I use it myself. No okay. joking around. <laughs> oh, what do you, I mean, I went I, a little bit off book. I, I improvised say, a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I gotta say. That was great. That was great. You you won the role. No, I won it? You won Thank it. Thank you. You are now going to get $2,500. <laughs> I have two more for you. Two more. That's it. Two more and we're done. We're, we're awful. Well, yes. I'm just Edit out this. some of these I'm, bad you're, ones. You're, you're doing All this right. for my enjoyment right, right now at this point. Indiana Jones trying to get people to try his samples at Costco. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> these are really hard. Or, well, or By you, the way, you you're be, like the best improviser in the world. you don't have how to many, be how, how, many, how many shows do you do at UCB? I don't do a lot of impressions. I, uh, two, I do about two shows a week at UCB. You, but you exactly. Don't, you you're don't the have best to be I can be like Shia LaBeouf. You could just be a dude. All right. Like trying. I know. To... I'll be. I'll, I'll take the challenge. I'm going to take right, the challenge. Right, look, I'm not, I'm not. Look, it's a professional podcast. I'm not going to come in here and <laughs> dick around. I'm not going to come here and say I can't deliver the goods. Not to Shim. Not to you. All right. Shim. 
Sim, sorry. I don't know I called you Shim. Sorry, Sim. Okay, so I'm at Costco. Yes. I'm pushing on a giant cart. All right, sorry. Hold on one second. Oh, Indiana, sorry. I'll, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What, what are you Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones trying which to Indiana people, Jones? Uh, Indiana Jones Last from... Last Crusade? Let's or do, or which you one want to do you Temple pick. of the... You pick. Okay. And also, what uh, what is your product? Do we need... Well, do, we, do I have a product? No, you decide what your product is. Give me a product. Um, uh, let's say so nut taquitos, butter. Taquitos, taquitos. Nut butter. Oh, taquitos. Frozen taquitos. taquitos. Frozen taquitos. <sighs> Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I'm doing old Indiana Jones. Uh, Chris is cold. Yeah. I tried taquito. <laughs> I wrestled these. <sighs> Mexicans made these. They're kind of like a burrito that's been fried. Okay. Terrible. First of all, Sounds my like... name is Maria. I'm Mexican. <laughs> Maria. And I don't know if Mexicans made these. Can we take a Mer- look at the Mexicans box? made these. <laughs> Mexican, have a. Just put one of these in your mouth. I don't think so. But okay, this is not. Stones. This is not Sankara Stones out of a temple <laughs> to put in a museum. This is not. Authentic. They burn through my bag. God damn it! Eat a taquito. If I put three of these taquitos in my bag, they'll burn through. That's how good they are. <laughs> when I took these taquitos, I brought a bag of sand and to take the taquitos. I had to justify how much they were, and I. Justified the sand and I put it on a thing. I took the taquitos. Now I'm giving out this free sand, okay. please. Now, this is. Nazi taquitos. The weirdest story I've the ever Nazi heard. The Nazi taquitos. Hitler made these taquitos. God damn it, eat these taquitos. Don't let the Nazis. Hitler? Learn. Hitler. Made? Taquitos! Come back here. Whoosh. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Our next guest, we're going to talk about James Gunn. What role has James Gunn had in your life? So James is uh, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. And he became dear friends with Chris um, during the making of that movie. And in turn, um, I spent a bit of time with him. And there's so many things that I admire about James all around. Um, Most of all, his integrity. and his creative integrity, uh, he fought a lot of battles with, I think, I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but, and one in terms of his creative vision, but also his integrity as a person and a director and keeping the mood and spirit high on a set where everyone's working really long hours and, um, and, you know, doing sort of highly technical things that even though you're making a, a, an incredibly creative, interesting project, you're not always feeling that way. Um, 
I know this from making Scary Movie Two. <laughs> he's a he's a rare director. Um, I think in this day and age of uh, in terms of uh, sticking to his vision and being um, also a, a, just an incredibly kind person, and also he just adores Chris. But more importantly, he totally adores our son Jack, which. Uh, is like, like I would bring Jack to set, and uh, and the you know the movie would stop because James would have to, you know, cuddle with him and play with him and like and give him toys and hold his hand and walk him all around like, you know, the new planet that they've landed on or whatever. I'm not supposed to reveal. That's so cool. Yeah, and so and, and so having James on was. Uh, was once again another coup. It's been it's been such a great year of of those kinds of experiences and and learning so much from from different kinds of people. And I love I love having actors because they endlessly fascinate me. But it's also a complete thrill to get people working in different realms of the industry. And James has such a great winning story of how he landed the job and uh, of directing um, this hugely successful movie. And I love it that especially, you know, after I think he went through a period where he didn't necessarily believe in the industry, but he believes in himself. And then he got to a point where he really believed that his vision was strong enough that the industry would see it. Um, and I don't mean to keep referring to the industry as the industry because that's obnoxious, but uh, I don't know what else to call it. Well, I guess um, at this point, but, it's the entire world has recognized his genius, and and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is mm-hmm. is arguably the most anticipated movie of this year coming up. Um, I, I know I can't wait to see it. And in this clip, he discusses why during the casting of the original Guardians, he told everyone that Chris Pratt is the biggest movie star in the world. People just don't know it yet. Um, really cool conversation. He was one of my most enjo- like surprisingly enjoyable conversations because um, I loved how also how smart he is in terms of personal relationships and insightful and interested. You know, we've talked to people who don't, maybe aren't quite as interested in like the personal relationship aspect. Like we talk about industry stuff or work stuff, but maybe aren't quite as interested in like in, in people's relationships or, you know, people's experiences, but he was so game. He was an open book. He talked about his sex life. He talked about his past. It was really, really, it's just an interesting, interesting, smart, brilliant man. So from June 14th, here's James Gunn. Okay, and I promised Chris that I wouldn't talk too much about this. And I know you've talked a lot about this, but I can't help it. He's my husband. I'm super proud. And um, but in casting of him, because you yeah. cast him in the Game Changer yeah. for him, yeah, sure. it's changed my life. It's you know, it's 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 had an incredible impact. And I know that he wasn't a likely choice at the time. He was pretty hefty and mm-hmm. um, and you know, pretty un- unknown. Um, but I love it that you clearly wanted somebody to play Peter Quill who had a sense of humor and, and, uh, and I love it that you gave him there. I mean, there's that, 
I don't know how you feel about it, but there's that amazing, I don't know how you feel about it going viral, but there's that amazing audition piece between uh, Chris. Him, him and Batista. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's how he got the role because it was, I, I saw Chris read. I mean, people know this story about how I didn't want to see Chris for the role. And I why, didn't why think, was that? I thought he was, I thought he was the like, chubby, funny right. guy from Parks and Rec. I didn't yeah. see it. And, uh, and Sarah Finn, the casting director, kept pushing me until I saw him. And then I saw him, and I knew, and this is 100% true, within 20 seconds of him reading, I knew he was the guy. Why? I just what it. was it? Um, because, you know, I was looking for somebody who was like Downey was with Tony Stark, basically. Somebody who could fulfill all the words I had on the page, but at the same time brought something extra outside of that to the role. Because just being this charming, funny guy wasn't enough, if that makes sense. Well, and Chris is a natural hustler. And, and a lot of us, I, I totally you is. know, yeah. like he, he knows, he grew up, you know, not very wealthy or anything. And, and he, he was, uh, he's had a ton of different jobs and he knows how to, so he has like that impish, mischievous hustler quality that, that Peter has. Yeah. I also, but I also think it was his, he has a natural vulnerability about him as an actor, which is what makes him a movie star for this time period. Uh, because he, it, he does have a lot of classic movie star stuff. He does have a lot of Gary Cooper type stuff, but he has this vulnerability that is very different from those actors from the past. And that thing is that combined with the fallibility combined with the cockiness. Yeah. That's what made that character. And that's what was so different about him. But it was mostly, you know, it was just his charm and he fit into the right role at the right time. And I told people back then, like, as soon as we started going, you know, people would say, what about Chris Pratt? How did you cast, you know, somebody who's not well known for this big role? And I said, Chris Pratt is the biggest movie star in the world. People just don't know it yet. Right. And <sighs> I'm really proud wow. of the fact that I saw that off the bat. I got to tell you. I would do anything for you, James, because I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because I got to tell you, when, when I worked with him, we did we met doing a movie called uh, "Take Me Home Tonight" uh, in 2007. It was shelved for a long time, and but I rem when I when we were boyfriend and girlfriend in the movie, and um, and sort of offset, I kind of I, I knew he was charming and popular, and and um, you know, and, like an affable guy or whatever. But um, I didn't really take him. I didn't really start to uh, really see him until I started acting with him. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, holy shit, this guy is really fucking good. And it, it like sent goosebumps because, you know, I, I, I bring to the table of, of when I do a, a role, a, a pretty strong point of view. So I and, and it frustrates me when because oftentimes you work with actors who, yeah. who aren't bringing a strong point of view oh, yeah. and they're like right. trying to find it yeah. in the moment and it's like take 20 and you're like just like or whatever but um and and chris brings that you know he brings a really strong point of view as well and i just found that unbelievably sexy just how how good he was and um i don't know it was it was really i i saw i i saw a shift in myself and i remember thinking like Oh, no, this is, he's got, he's got a lot, he's got a huge future. Yeah, I mean, I felt like about, just in the first movie, the biggest thing was just 
conversely and paradoxically getting Chris to stop entertaining. And if he could stop entertaining, all of a sudden, then he is the most in, you know, rapturing that he could possibly be. That's what it was. Well, James... I owe you a lot. Thank you so much for casting my husband. Okay, so I want to talk to you. Um, I, a brief thing. Which, and I, this is something I've been thinking about. So I had a, I had um, a, a, a male, I won't go into too much detail about this, but I had a guy say to me, a frustrated actor, um, about 2001 after I got Scary Movie, um, he hadn't been working and he and I was trying to sort of boost his ego or whatever and he said something along the lines of um but Anna because you did scary movie you have achieved some kind of immortality and I thought for the first thing I was like oh my god I hope it's not a fucking scary movie I mean I love listen I love scary movie but I just you know I don't know necessarily want to like whatever that that's my stamp on immortality, but I hadn't really thought about the idea of that kind of achievement in, in, um, I, I, you know, I, I love material things and I love acting and everything, Mm -hmm. but I hadn't really thought about the idea of, um, needing to make a stamp, um, or I don't know. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I, I, and, and, yeah. I, I know that it means it's sort of a question, and I had Sim write this down because I wanted to phrase it appropriately, that, where you might have to admit to some degree of vanity. Yeah, sure. You know? I have plenty of vanity. Don't worry. It's like <laughs> I don't have to admit to some degree. It's, it's, it's been a huge driving force of much of my life. But now that you have, I mean, you have had, you, you have an artistic imprint that you know will last until the zombies kill us. I, I, even then, they might really yeah. love... Guy. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I mean, I, you know, the thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. It makes absolutely. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I want. I'm very competitive. First of all, like very competitive. So I really want to make the greatest possible movies I can make. And uh, you know, with Guardians Volume Two, I want to make the greatest spectacle film ever. Like that's my, what I'm committed to. But at the same time. It doesn't make any difference. It's all building sandcastles because eventually we're all gone. Whether we, you know, we're gone or go somewhere else, we're gone. And you know, being immortal means what? Like, how long is humanity really going to last? It's not immortality, and the overall scheme of things, it seems like nothing to me. I don't know if that's like a weird way no, to look at life, I, but I don't. I just, no, I, I think so, it's a healthy way. I'm to look so at zen life. about it. It's really about you know, it's about the struggle. It's about doing what I feel like I was born to do. It's about really fulfilling what I think my, you know, reason is for being on this planet. And it's about serving other people at the end of the day and, and, and touching other people and making other people's lives uh, a little bit easier because of what we do. And that is what drives me at the core of it all. And then I have this other part of me that, like I said, is really competitive and always has been. Um, and somehow those two things exist in me side by side and they seem like they're opposing but they're no, really not because seems the competitive part healthy. of me helps serve other people yeah so, no i think that's incredibly healthy because it's easy to get wrapped up in the vanity and we talk a bit about this on the podcast like the struggle with vanity in especially in this industry and especially as a woman that for all different reasons and everything but yeah but if you're looking it's almost like if you're looking for the trophy from this industry, it will just continue to be 
it will just always be elusive because you just have to figure right like yeah um, because we're, what you do is i mean i think i learned it when i was young and it was uh, you know because i've been making movies for 20 years and so when i was when i first like walk, walked a red carpet you know um and i'm like you know what in practice this is not fun like this is just it seems like it's such a great yeah. thing when you're a kid and you imagine yourself walking yeah, the red yeah, carpet yeah, and everybody's yeah. going to be looking at you and you're going to be so cool. But really, it's just completely sort of humiliating. Oh, and you feel yes. like you're a, an animal. Oh. And then there's always the struggle for they're taking your picture. Or the person behind you and the publicists are pushing you around. And the whole thing is just completely humbling and humiliating and not at all. Uh, it's not that exciting. And... What you when you're looking at somebody who's famous or successful outside of yourself, and you're seeing that thing, that's the thing you want to be when you're young, and you want to be famous, and you want to be successful, and you want to be rich. You're seeing that thing that doesn't exist because it is, by its very nature, outside of yourself. If that yeah. makes sense. Oh, completely. So it's like that's a, it's a worthless thing to chase after, and that's what I always tell people because people are always telling me, you know, I want to be. I want to be an actor or I want to be a director. I want to be this thing. And I'm like, do you really? Right. Because it's really about, you know, Anna going to set every day and waking up at six o'clock in the morning and sitting there and going through this stuff and not really feeling the glory that other people think you have. Right. And enjoying that process. And yes, getting paid for it, which is great. But enjoying that process enough that it's worth doing and feeling enough fulfillment from doing that, that it's worth doing. And uh, my dog is going through all your equipment right now. Um, I, and- lo- I love it. No, but no, I don't know. I don't know why you would have ever seen pictures of me on a red carpet, but I get so uncomfortable that all I do is like unhinge my jaw and I just make <laughs> the craziest face faces because I'm so awkward. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to close my mouth. And do like the side thing that I'm supposed to be doing yeah. with like the smoky eyes. So as a result, I have these crazy smoky eyes and I just look <laughs> insane and people can see like my back molars and I'm just like, I, like, and I never know how, I never know how to hold my body. I feel cause, because it, like you said, it's like, I, I haven't gotten that character down. It's probably that red carpet I, character. I, I mean, how many people do you know that enjoy it? I don't. I can't think of anybody that enjoys doing the red carpet. I don't. So I see. I don't know. I I'm, I know that there are people because there yeah. are people that electively go to premieres that aren't their own. I know, but that's be, no. But they go because of the publicity they get, right? So, but they don't go because they actually enjoy in the moment being on the carpet. I think. I think we just don't know these people, James. But I think they're out there, and they may have a lot of reality television money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's probably. You're right. There are people that don't. You know have, what I mean? They, like, they're the, so self-centered. They don't even have the awkwardness that comes with looking at yourself enough to say this is so stupid. And yeah. Because I'm with you, Chris, and I, and you know, I mean, we. Uh, I, I I struggle a lot, and it's embarrassing almost to admit it because it sounds very arrogant. But I I struggle a lot with the um, the 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 publicity side of the this publicity industry. Side. It's a thing you think when I was a kid. It's a thing I imagine. Oh, doing the press junkets and the yeah. this, dun, dun, and dun, it dun, ends dun, up dun, being dun. the price you pay for everything yeah. else. 
and the movie coming out is the price you pay for the doing the movie. Yeah. Because the part that's the best is is the creation of it. Yeah. And the rest of it you just have to let go. I mean, it does feel good when people like what you do and you get a note from a kid that says my life changed because of mm-hmm. seeing, you know, your film. I mean, that makes a great deal of uh, difference to me. But yeah. primarily it's about having to be in the moment and creating that that project and, and, and the creation of it is the thing that has to turn you on. Otherwise it's not worth doing. And that's why people who want to be actors or who want to be directors, they need to go out there and act and direct and make sure they really like doing it and can handle the rejection, which is huge. You know, there's, this is such a sidebar and Sim might get annoyed with me, but we were were talking about, um, with an actress in an earlier podcast about the whole, this whole ask her more hashtag ask her more concept. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yes. Yeah. It's about the, yeah. Asking more than what she wears. Right. Which to me is like, it just feels so stupid. It's like, that's the, that's what we're like. That's those are like the twenty seconds that you spend with each journalist that you just have to get it over with. You just have to do it, and if you can just tell somebody what you're wearing, who cares? Yeah. Like, can't we? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel I like the intention. You like ask me hashtag ask me less. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I love the intention behind it. The intention exactly. is pure. But um, but the but it doesn't really have the movement feels it doesn't so. Have the, the performers themselves in mind because it just makes things more difficult for this process we already dislike yeah. doing. Yeah. And it's like, it's not acknowledging, I guess, to sort of the frivolousness of the of, entire, of the whole thing. Extravaganza. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anna. So the next clip, we are going to listen to a clip from Keegan-Michael Key and I can probably listen to this episode just on repeat over and over again. I never get sick of it. He's that engaging. He's that hilarious. Um, what was your takeaway from Keegan? Keegan was so incredible because once again, it was one of the first times I think that we started really exploring the improv world in in sort of in in our podcasting and like we had done like little stuff before and. And we were starting, we always knew that there would be a learning curve and we always knew that, um, that we were going to try to like find who we are and we still are. And I hope that we always continue to do so, but that was definitely one of the first ones where we really started to, I felt like open up, um, you know, between Paul and Keegan and Jason, um, and Lucas, um, uh, like our our improv we're talking about three of the best in the world yeah they're they're unbelievable and that to me was so much fun he, and he had no idea that what we were about to do um in terms of me playing the horrible Karen Sarducci pitching him like the worst <laughs> Rosemary's movie. talking baby is still probably my all-time favorite it's <laughs> I still love uh Titanic. Titanic too, let's get high. But the fact that he went into the whole like before I even pitched anything, he went into it with saying, Can I just say I love the What What Was series? <laughs> and yes, instantly I felt like, Oh, oh my god, game game on. And <laughs> 
this is it's so fun and am i out of my league i don't know you are but not man. out of your league i it was so much fun to watch Thanks. you two perform it's and you've been just you've been getting better and better on i'm so proud of you and the fact that you're not only holding your own to some of the best improvisers in the world but you are so 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 ridiculously funny and you have me cracking up sitting right next to you all the time sim you know what the best thing about even when i tell you to like fuck off you still say really nice things like that and and the truth is, though, I know that you must at some point be going a little bit crazy when I go on and on with a character. But anyway, we can talk about that <laughs> later. I, I'm I am thrilled. Keegan is um, is a total total gem, and um, I think I would I would be I don't know I would be it would be like the best birthday gift ever if he came back on, on the podcast. Um, so interestingly enough, Amy and I ran into Keegan at the passengers premiere after party. You weren't there, but Keegan was there and he gave us a huge hug. Way to name drop. Um, I'm, well, I'm just telling you (laughs) that he told me, he told us that he had a blast and he really wants to come back. You said that you wanted him back and I'm telling you right now that he wants to come back. So let's bring him back. I love that idea. I love, I love that. I, yeah. Cause, uh, cause he, it, it was like, um, like a semi-decent tennis player playing with somebody really good and, um, just like volleying for, you know, a little bit. And if, and if, and when he does come back, I want to have some great stuff prepared that will take him by surprise. Oh, so it's going to be so much fun. Until that happens, let's hear Keegan-Michael Key from June 21st. My name is Karen. Mm-hmm. I am the studio head of Imaginarian uh, um, Studios. Imaginarian, okay. Yes. Imaginarian Studios. Um, I'm, you're coming in as yourself, Keegan. Mm-hmm. And I am going to... I, I own the rights to some... Some big name movies. Copy that. So we're trying to make some sequels. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to bring you in, and um, and Donovan will bring you in. I'm, um, I'm Karen's assistant, Donovan. Hi, Donovan. Nice to meet okay, you. Donovan, nice to meet you I already fucking said that, all right? So you don't fucking. And Donovan, I, ple- I appreciate the water. Yeah. Okay. You don't need. To Would you like Donovan some water? Anymore. I, I don't need any more water. Okay. You, you literally Donovan, gave me a two liter. Okay. Of Evian. So he thanks, Donovan. Ta- I appreciate like, it. It's always. It's always talks. You're dismissed, Donovan. I mean, I don't even think he's... Ugh, I don't even know how he fucking graduated. Kindergarten. Should I bring him in? Are you talking again, Donovan? Sorry. Uh, okay. Yes, please, please bring in Keegan. Keegan, Karen is ready to see you now. Karen, nice to meet you. Hi. And is it, is it Sarducci or Sarducci? Sarducci. Karen Sarducci. Yes. Nice to meet you. Oh my Pleasure. gosh, it's so nice to meet you. I have been a big fan of yours oh, gosh, for thank so you. long. And I have to tell you, my kids, mm-hmm. Milo and Ventimiglia, just love you so much. And they really have their finger on the pulse of Hollywood. Sure. So when we were uh, we were recently um, in Zihuatanejo and mm-hmm. they were saying how much they loved you. And I, um, so I started watching a lot of your work Mm, and mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. are brilliant. Thank you. And I have to tell you, first of all, I love you as a movie star. Oh, great. I also love you as a writer. I love how you deal with 
racial relations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it it's like it's clearly a subject that needs to be talked about, and you do it with such humor. Well, thank you so much, Karen. I want to let you know that I'm a big fan of the um, um, What 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 series. Oh, thank you. I like I, I like What What What. Uh, the third one, and I also think what was really a nice touch is that in 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 what 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 three, mm-hmm. I love how after the fir- first what you put the, the 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 question mark, yeah, and after the second what you put a question mark, uh-huh. but then after the third what you put three question marks, always, which you didn't do with the first two movies, which I thought was amazing, just for the one sheet alone. Thank you, brilliant. You know, thank you so much for saying that because punctuation has always been an odd element in a movie title. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a risk, you know. It's like. What's eating Gilbert? Like, what you like what's, do, what's what's eating Gilbert? Right. Gilbert Grape? Like, do yeah. people want to see mm-hmm. a question mark movie? Turns out they do. Yeah, or at least at the very least, three of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for thank you. But at any rate, yes, it's I just wanted to make sure awful. I said that because I thought if I ever meet ever meet Karen Sarducci, I've got to mention the What 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 series. Thank you. Well, I just I I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank I you. see you as the next Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh wow. Uh, Tom Cruise, you are just America's leading man. Oh, Karen, I, I'm I'm taken aback in the most positive okay, possible way. Okay, now we're going to move on. Um, so what I want to say is now my kids came up with uh, three movie titles. I'm sorry, what now? My kids. Mm-hmm. So as you know, um, so we, ha- we. I have seen Ventimiglia in the news, but I don't know what. How old is Milo? Milo's 14. 14, gotcha. Yes. And Ventimiglia is 16, correct? Yes, right, yes, right. Yeah. And I saw the whole thing in the in the spread, and the, there was the thing in the THR about uh, his yes, uh, sweet not, 16 yeah, birthday. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm no, gushing no. now. I apologize, Karen. Slightly disappointed that you uh, believe in tabloids, but we'll move on. Okay, so now we own the titles to these movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we want to capitalize on their sequels. Sure. So I would love it if I just heard your initial thoughts. Copy that. Number one. The Joy Luck Club 2, mm-hmm. Not Quite As Lucky. Gotcha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not Quite As Lucky. Now, you're the star. Sure, sure, yep. Um, I can play Asian. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Um, I'm just thinking my first thought is um, maybe now it's an organization more than it is a club. Uh-huh. We can go there, and then there's more people in it. Do you it. mean like a mobster organization? Or? No, 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 not like the mob per se, just a, just a, a larger club where more people are, can't feel as lucky because there's really there's luck in small numbers. So and it's like the number. pessimist club. It's the pessimist club, right. Yeah, I think, I think. And what happens is the Joy Luck Club turns into the pessimism club. And then by the time we get around to the third act, we're trying to pull it right back to where it was to begin with. Is there hope at the end? Absolutely. There's hope. In fact, we're going to change it to the Joy Hope Club. And uh, at the, that's what they're going to change. There's going to be a banner at mm-hmm. the end. And that's what they're going to change the name of the thing. And like then we'll a birthday some, party banner? Yeah, and then we'll do some traditional Chinese dancing. Yeah. Do you know how to... Me? Traditional oh, yeah, yeah. I am an expert in chantois, yeah. Okay. Uh, chantois, right. yeah, style. All yeah. right. Well, we're, we're, I, I, like, I, like where you're, I like where this has started. I just feel like I like a lot of set pieces. Maybe mm-hmm. it has, it's Chinese, but it has a Bollywood feel. Oh, I'm just thinking dancing. we might do a couple of set pieces here, there, and well, perhaps you everywhere. A, you're a wonderful dancer. And Milo I, says you can sing. I can sing as well. Sometimes a person sings a song in his heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the next one is Rosemary's Talking Baby. Mm-hmm, the Talking Baby. Yes. Now I've already signed a deal with Mary Kate Nashley Olson to be the Talking Baby, but here's the thing: this movie takes mm-hmm. place in 2043, mm-hmm. a time where man can actually have a baby. 
So you are the lead. I'm playing the Mia Farrow role. Yes. I see. You have had a uterus inserted into your body. Yep. Because you're a generous man. You don't want to, your wife or your partner, whomever, a gay mm-hmm. man, whatever, mm-hmm. however you mm-hmm. decide to go with this. I'm with it. You don't, you don't, you want to experience the idea of childbirth. Right. So you are, yes, you are giving birth to um, Rosemary's talking baby. Mm-hmm. So now in this case, I'm Rosemary and I get it, but I, well, maybe we'll just call me um, Rosemariano and I'll be a Hispanic guy who wants the uterus inside of him, uh-huh. right? Do you like it so far? Like he's maybe he's this, he, we can play an well, ethnic, I always, you know, I just think that demographically speaking, to I have think, a guy like this, like this in this particular kind of way. I like this market for right? sure. Okay. And then what happens is he... He, he, same thing happens like from the original, right? Mm-hmm. So at one point in time, he remember, he starts to find out, he goes to see the priest and he finds out that there are two babies inside of him. Those two babies. And what happens is he realizes one baby is the devil baby and the other baby is a regular baby. <laughs> and then the majority of the film, <laughs> what happened? He goes to the doctor. <laughs> he go to the doctor uh-huh. and the majority of the film they bless to the um the ultrasound machine <laughs> and there is a there is a battle between good and evil inside of his home inside of his home and and then we can decide later. We can decide later as we as we go forward if if we want the good baby to win. If the bad baby wins, there could be a Rosemary's three. That's my initial thoughts. I like it that you're kind-hearted. Potentially that you want both of them to. I love it that, that then then outside you cut outside of the ultrasound machine every now and again, and there is Luis, and he's ambivalent to say the least because he <laughs> he wants both of the babies to leave. <laughs> The evil baby is still my baby. <laughs> you know, that, that, something like that. So we can really tug at the heartstrings. I, I really... I, I, Thanks, I knew, Karen. I knew that you were brilliant. Uh, okay, the third uh, and final mm-hmm. uh, movie that we, we also on the rights to <clears throat> is uh, Titanic. So our third Ooh. movie is already called... We already have the title. Mm-hmm. Titanic 2, Let's Get High. So this is what happens. Because of the tragedy of the early 1900s and the Titanic sinking, mm-hmm. both, well, if I may, I don't want to leave anybody out, both the Titanic and the Lusitania, um, so what, what has happened is Boeing Industries has made Titanic the plane. Now, what's the subtitle again? I just want to make sure. Let's get high. Let's get high. Correct. So they've made a plane. Milo loves to smoke weed. He does. Okay, great. Yeah. So the plane is the size of the original Titanic boat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they're going to go, we're going to go. It's um, an indestructible plane. It's an indestructible plane. It cannot be destroyed in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they do test runs on, on prototypes of the Titanic plane. This thing is just bouncing off of mountains. No big deal. And still makes it to its destination. Mm-hmm. It's like an a- AC3 Airbus times four. They don't even know how they got this thing in the air. We're talking Howard Hughes, Grey Goose times six. Mm-hmm. Shaswax. Okay. That's just a little piece of um, okay. slang that I've made up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're in the air. And then what happens is 
they're not aware of the fact there's a phenomenon, a barometric phenomenon that takes place that only happens once every 2,000 years, and it creates an iceberg that floats <laughs> in the air. Because little do we know, clouds do weigh tons, tons and tons and tons. But there's a lot. what happens is there's a cold front that meets a colder front over Antarctica, and this particular trip, that the plane is going to go over the top of the globe. They think, we're good to go here. No big deal. And then, boop, boop. And the guys, you know, and then then you have Jack, right? Jack, but now Jack is now he's well, not just a you. peddler. It's me, right? Huge. Weed now you're dealer. in like the lower. I'm in steerage. Yeah, okay? you might even be in like the ba- where the baggage. I could actually yes. There's like six guys that stowed away in baggage, but baggage, baggage. This is how huge. This is how Titanic the Titanic is. Baggage is the size of three seven sixty sevens. Just baggage. They've got giraffes down there. They're, I mean, just like crazy live produce. I'm selling weed to the other six guys. Some people are coming down from um, middle class, not first class. They're coming down to buy weed. Nobody's Maybe do monitoring an the Irish plane. jig, though. I can absolutely do that if you'd like that. I can play Irish, black Irish. <laughs> and, and then what I'll do is I'll sell, sell the marijuana, right? And I make my way up and I meet a young lady. She comes down to get high. Perhaps it's played, Karen, by someone, I don't know. Um, I really enjoy the actress. Anna Ferris. Perhaps she plays the role, right? Okay, but she's not big enough. But Copy we that. do mm-hmm. have a, we have an amazing deal with Reese Witherspoon. And I just want to ask you, just between you and I, sure. is blackface still offensive? Because um, no, here's the thing. Easy. I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, I know she wants to explore her horizons. You know, she wants Reese to, does. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just wondering, just on a personal note, side note, is it, I don't know, is it still a thing? Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's still pretty goddamn horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's disappointing it's, news. It's, and and I, I'll be honest, I'm a whore. It's disappointing for me as well. I wish we could do it. I would just slap some, slap some mahogany all over Reese's face, get the, get, get the cork and light that stuff up and swoop I just okay. I get it all over there. Good to know. Let, Good to know. Now, we could make some changes scripturally if you wanted to. Scripturally, biblically, textually. So Take she comes down from first she class. She comes down from first class. We'll figure I, out her know, skin color later. We can do it later. Let's, for, for, the sake of, uh, for the sake of argument, let's say it's perfectly okay for her to be completely racist, uh, like brutally racist. And so she comes down to steer and she's like, yo, man, what's up? Um, um, you know. Penelope, and she's you know she's got like a like a like a dolomite strut, and then she bumps into the Irishman, and he's like, "How you doing, now? What you like?" And she's like, "Let me get a little bit of reef for baby," and then um, and then she calls him baby, 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 and then um, and then what happens is they go to the front of the plane, and you paint her breasts. Yes, I yes. Well, whoa, what's happening? I paint her breasts. Yeah, well, no, I love it, Karen. To. Yes, and yes, and I use pastels mostly, but I, she, so she does black tit You're in and black pilot. face. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it so far. I mean, I think it's brilliant. I mean, thus far, if I may, mm-hmm. if I may, Miss Sarducci, which project seems to be. Resonating with you the most? Well, I, you know, honestly, I love all three. And according to my children, you are, um, you truly are like the next Robert De Niro, hey. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, all Marlon the good Brando. Italian ones, all the good Italian actors. Uh, um, I look, I'm more than willing to camp- change my name to Keegan Michael Keegan Michael Keegan. Listen. 
The next clip we're about to play. Wait, Sim. Yes. And don't edit this part out. <sighs> Go ahead. Dear listeners, see, this is the behind the scenes stuff when Sim is annoyed with me. <laughs> I'm not annoyed with you. I just, you know what? It's harder to do this on the phone. If I'm looking at you, it'd be different. Actually, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I have a little more control with you on the phone as opposed to sitting next to me right now. Well, no, no. I, I'm hoping the purpose of, uh, and I think that you agree, I just need this to be reiterated, is that I'm hoping that the purpose of all of, 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 do, of doing all these recaps of like our favorite pieces and clips and people and everything is that hopefully, you know, our, our listeners will, you know, get a sense of sort of who we are and the like idiotic nonsense that I'm spewing out of my mouth. But do you think that it's going to work? <laughs> don't edit this out. I don't know if this particular section is going to work right now. We'll see because you told me not to edit it out, but we'll see. Oh, come on. Okay. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving all of this in. I promise. But can we move on with the show, please? Yeah, fine, fine, fine. But just tell me that, yes, it's going to be good on it. It's going to be fine. It's all going to work. More people are going to listen. You know what? It worked the first time. The episode we have right now worked. Volume one worked. People are enjoying the episode. And it introduced all right. so all right, fine. You don't you know what you don't hey, believe me. You never believe thanks. me. Thanks. No, I do, I do, I do. I just sometimes I hate myself for needing reassurance. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you right now it's working. I promise you it's right. working. Okay? So let's keep going. All right. Patty Stenger. Talk to me about Patty. I've been a big fan of Patty because of Millionaire Matchmaker for a long time and also just so fascinated with that world of how do people kind of not in it she's she would I think be very opposed to the term like gold digging and everything because I know that she really is sort of about making love connections but I am fascinated living in Los Angeles in sort of a world where it feels like there's lots of, you know, we're all out for ourselves in one way or the other. I'm trying to get acting. You know what I mean? Like people, people come here to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and some people come here to be an entrepreneur in terms of finding, um, a wealthy partner. And, um, so that element really fascinates me. I was thrilled. I, I find her, um, even through her, her sort of her her straight talk, incredibly charming. Yes, so I was really thrilled to have her, you know, uh, come to the house and be on her show, and um, and she gave me beautiful jewelry, and she also um, gave you wine. She has a winery or a vineyard or a yes, or a label yes. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, she's got the whole thing going. And I mean, she completely dominated. Oh yeah, the episode which was hysterical, awesome. I mean, the episode <laughs> was a little nuts. Let's be honest; it was crazy. Um, and I'm not just saying that because do you remember when she grilled me about my plans to propose to Amy? I thought that was hysterical. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wouldn't let it go. She brought it up twice during the episode. And could you imagine giving her advice? That would be really nope. hard. It's impossible. You wouldn't be able to do it. She wouldn't listen to you. 
She would take no, your advice and no. tell you why you're wrong. Um, and totally. And what was interesting? And she's probably right. Is the sad oh, thing? Yeah. You know well, you I mean? know what? And that's a sad thing. But she does carry herself with a lot of confidence. That's something that I noticed. And yeah. It's very impressive. And you know, I and you know this, Anna. We get a lot of emails on unqualified.com asking us why they can't attract anyone. And um, the clip that I'm about to play is Patty definitely speaks her mind to that caller. She was a little. Uh, and I totally admire her for this, a little more forceful with her advice than I would ever be because, uh, you know, I brand myself as being completely unqualified and I have no idea what I'm talking oh, about. Absolutely. So. I mean, there was there definitely was a little bit of good cop, bad cop going, but I don't think that Patty came from a from a from a malicious place. She oh, really not at all. Not at all. No. In fact, no, I also just, warned the caller. I said, "Look, you listen. This is you. Are you sure you want to get into this? Because Patty is going to just completely just go at it." And uh, and uh, I think her name was Ashley. Ashley said, "Yeah, you know, bring it on." Do you think that Patty is alone with Chris right now? She tried. Yeah, if they were like because I'm upstairs. If they were like downstairs alone, do you think that Patty would try to be like coming on to Chris? Well, she did huh. say during the episode that Chris is her dream man. You, you heard that. You heard that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Do you think yeah. you can trust um, Patty and Chris alone in a room together? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. But even if I w- even if I went downstairs and I found like something crazy going on, I think I'm at the point in my life where I'd be like, "Well, fuck it." <laughs> With that, here's Patty Stanger from August 9th. We're calling Ashley right now. She's in New York. She's 31. She works in tech. She's looking for a guy that's nerdy and funny and sweet, humble, brilliant, quirky, and stable. Looking for everything, by the way. She's looking for the total package. Hey, Ashley, it's Sim. How are you? Good. Anna is here. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. And so is Patty Stanger. Hey. So, so Ashley, you want true love, but all the men you're attracted to seem unavailable. Let's try and understand you more so Patty can accurately assess your situation and give you the best advice. So, Patty, why are you, why do you say they're unavailable? What's the reason? What are they giving you as a reason? Okay. I keep falling into the same kinds of scenarios where I have a very particular type and then I meet these wonderful men that I think are totally the, the thing or they're pursuing me and, um, I'll either find out pretty soon maybe like within a a couple of months or so that they're just kind of like at capacity emotionally they can't go further they don't really want anything serious how many have you had in a row but how many have you had in a row um so i was in like um, a couple of very long-term relationships since i was in high school essentially um one was several years one was three but those were all the emotionally but wait were they all they were all the emotionally unavailable guys no, they were awesome. They were wonderful. Okay, but so we're that, talking about the ones that are uh, emotionally unavailable. So how many have you had in a row? Right. So I I would say for the last two years, every guy I've met Is was that two, every either, two months? Like six six of them? Seven of them? How many? I would say... Men that have, yeah, several, several. How angry do you get about this experience? I'm friends with them, so I don't really get angry at all. Okay, well, there's um, your mistake right there just, and there. There's your mistake right in there. So there's a problem you're having. Where you're trying to take them out uh-huh. of the friend zone into the romance zone, and technically speaking, if if a problem keeps showing up, the universe is saying to you, "What are you here to learn?" So you need to stop right. making friends with them. 
If they're not willing to give you an emotional commitment at your level, you know, water seeks its own level, you need to get rid of them. And when you say, I will get rid of you, not be friends with you, not allow you in my energetic space, without anger, there can be no anger, has to be only forgiveness, okay, and thank you, God, then they stop showing up. So you're on an energetic roller coaster ride, which means the universe is just going to keep sending you until you define a line in the sand. What are your boundaries? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm pretty communicative, and, I, and that's one of those things that I'm, I'm curious about. So I've had talks with my girlfriends about this, and they think there's something I'm doing, even though I'm pretty straightforward, pretty Do you blunt, hear what I just said? Hey, hey, listen, listen. Oh. What did I just say to you? Oh. What did I just say to you? Who cares if you're communicative? You don't keep dead weight in your energetic space because let me tell you something. Huh. When your new guy comes in who's together, who loves you and wants to give you an emotional uh, uh, fulfillment, he ain't going to like any of these dead weights hanging around. Okay? You just picked up a bunch of litter of, of terrible, awful, angry, hungry cats. Get rid of them. Ashley. Drop them off at the pound. I also want you to know that my new best friend, Patty, if she'll take me, <laughs> has been bossing me around for the last hour and a half. And oh, I knew, I knew so, what I was getting into. <laughs> Okay, but well, she really gives the best advice. But you're not listening to me. You can't. You uh, keep saying they're communicating. What is communicative? Here's the thing: men cannot hear you. All men learn from women with nonverbal signals. Ninety percent of body language is nonverbal. Did you know that? So no matter what you say to them, yeah. they're not. They're not downlining. They're just saying, "I could fuck her. I could fuck her. I could fuck her when I feel like it. It's on my terms. I could fuck her. I could fuck her. I could fuck her. Ooh. Really, don't want to give her commitment. She's really yeah. hot, but." There's something probably better out there for me, but if I was bored, if I was bored one night, midnight, I could probably fuck her. Mm-hmm. So then, then what is the solution? Get again? rid of them. No more friends. No more friends. No so more my, friends. Define my question what question was. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, keep going. What's your question? I'm listening. My my question was um, that that. When I say I'm friends with them, I'm even on good terms. I don't actively pursue friendships and we don't hang out. Okay, that's not a terms. friend. A friend is a um, friend is a friend. That's just somebody you said, okay, right. I'm not mad. Now maybe you need to say, you know what? I don't really want you in my life. It was really nice knowing you and delete him out of your phone. Delete. Okay, take all those guys tonight. You're going to go home tonight, get a glass of wine, and delete, delete, delete. Residue. Get rid of the residue. Emails. Anything they've sent you. The shit they gave you, put it in a box in the garage. Delete, delete, delete. 
Get rid of the energy. I do think it's true uh-huh. that like okay. you can't, um, and with this has been a, a learning lesson for me, which will be a lifelong one, that I cannot force somebody to like me if right. they don't. But the thing is, she keeps and, getting the same thing over and over again. So remember when you have the issue about the man with no money and Chris changed that game? Right. Okay. You have to decide. It starts with a decision. Right. Like once you decide, I'll give you an example. So program men love me. AA people love me because I'm very responsible. I don't really drink that much. Although I own a wine company and I drink my wine. PS Match. You can look for it online. Um, but the <laughs> bottom line is I decided I didn't want another program person. So the last two weeks program people showed up on the apps and I was dating them and I didn't know about it till I got on the date and then I just said you know what I don't really want them anymore and I energetically canceled that and I have a date Tuesday night with someone who's not in the program so it, I didn't get mad I just said universe thank you for showing me who he is on the first date I didn't really you know had a nice lovely dinner but he's not for me you know that they're not emotionally unavailable when you first meet them but you ignore it because they're cute and they're hot or they're the package or they have the right things the right job the right friends right whatever you're just ignoring the signals. No, they're all like dorky Jewish guys. <laughs> but you think dorky Jewish <laughs> guys? My type. Okay, but that's the that's the problem. You're going for nasty nerds. So nasty nerds are never going to morph into the prince. What's a nasty nerd? A nasty nerd is a nerd who really turns on you and becomes nasty. And you're like, dude, you're a fucking nerd. You think you're going to be nasty <laughs> with me? Is I've never heard so that. It's, it's like the okay. kind of harmless person that you think. Thank like, you, but they're yeah. not. And the truth of the matter is, you, you're. I looked at your picture. You're smoking. You should be, you know, going for a higher guy, like somebody higher on the totem pole, reaching for the A team, mm-hmm. not the D team. Fuck those nasty nerds. You know, maybe get out of yeah. Jewish Dodge. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking go on J-Date anymore. Go on the fucking app that has like some nice Jewish Christian, uh, nice Christian guys or some spiritual guys. Get out of it. Get mix God, it up no. a little bit. They're, the type is not written in stone. Would you say Chris was your automatic yeah. type? That's a good question. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I mean, not, not before I, I was ready right, for So it. what were the men like before Chris? Listen um, to Anna. They were dark, angry, not. They didn't <laughs> Nasty have nerds. a lot of friends. <laughs> Yes, but I loved like the anger, the you know. Yes, of them. Like, and, they were, and attractive, but um, but but loners. Right. Okay. And Chris and is social and fun and hot bad. and yes. blonde and People. rugged and sexy, and he could be considered a wood chopper, my favorite kind, because Washington has a lot of wood choppers. Okay. So think about it. That was not yeah. her type, but she was open to receive. And the universe it sent took a minute. the universe sent her her husband. You're gonna say, oh. You're not my type. So, God, I got to send that one back. But take it, another nasty It took nerd. me a minute because yeah. because he was so agreeable and popular, like, with our cast and everything. I, I sort of – it didn't – it wasn't like a – I was a, a, totally attracted to him, but I was also like – Mm, that's not that's not the sort of the personality that I've been attracted to in the past. But what I didn't realize that is that Chris is deep and he's intellectual. But I chose willfully to ignore that idea mm. because I was I was mm. drawn to you know darker souls because it was tapping into. You know, okay. a level of unhappiness. So, that so listen, I had. Tim. So here's right. the, this ray of sunshine that swoops in. You know, pretty successful. You know, he's been on TV. He's been in the movies, and totally opposite her type. And she was open to it. She's like, "Look, he's not really my type, but he makes me laugh. Oh, I'm having a good time with him. He's my friend now." Did it progressed? 
give it a fucking chance. You keep going after your type, you're going to be fucking alone. And those nasty nerds are not for you. He Switch it the fuck up. Also tall and hunky. That's okay. true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Period. He is super <laughs> sexy. I mean, he's my type, and I would go for I that. And I'm way, I could be his mother right now. So, okay. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, like, stop. The type thing has got to go. You know, I recently changed my uh-huh. type. I used to go for bodybuilders, like really tall, six foot two bodybuilders. They were all my boyfriends. If you'd line them up in a row, they all look the same. And now I go for surfer linky types, like because somebody that I have a crush on looks like that. So the point of the story is I didn't realize that I was going for more of a different type. And he was metro, this guy, and he's dresses really green and he's really interesting and, you know, that sort of thing. And I think I changed mm-hmm. my type over the years. You're going to change your type every so often, especially when you hit the wall and they hurt you. You're going to go, eh, not really my type anymore because I need to get a different type. My early 30s, that was uh, such a game changer for me. Like my whole 20s, uh-huh. I, I – I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I made a lot of like good and bad decisions, but my early thirties, I I feel like it was was a shifter for me. And so, Ashley, I think that I don't know. I I, I would I totally agree with Patty and sort of expand your type and the idea of what you like. And maybe there shouldn't even we shouldn't even use the word type anymore. And Sim's girlfriend is sitting right here and she even said that Sim wasn't normally what you would really go it's for, true. correct? I mean, I've always liked tall, handsome men, don't get me wrong. He's but, tall, <laughs> handsome, and dark, by the way. But I Sexy. usually go for more of like overqualified Wall Street types. Right. <laughs> Not really unqualified Hollywood types. Okay. I have an incredible <laughs> education behind me. I've done really well for myself. Oh, Sim, don't get I know. mad. But, but it's true. But it's true. But <laughs> I normally fan. dated lawyers and bankers and people in finance, and I had a very set idea in my head She's of what a I lawyer, thought that why. I wanted. And, um, yeah. you know, I went out with Sim just because we, we knew some people in common. He was handsome, and I wanted a good dinner. And then it turned <laughs> out to be... It turned out to be fantastic. Just your eyes. Uh, we went to Baco Mercat downtown. Is she worked? She worked downtown. You love that place? Is that the place where they have the um, the little macaroons that I love? That place in the front? No, I know that place name. Yeah, okay. yeah. But it's, it's true. I tried very hard to avoid dating men in Hollywood, and now here I am on a celebrity podcast. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, you can't put everyone in a box, okay? It's true. And you need to uh-huh. open up your sexual gates. You might be surprised. Who's your celebrity crush, by the way? My celebrity crush is probably, this is going to be so typecast, but like like a comedian, like a John Mulaney type or He, uh, he wrote for type. SNL. He had a TV show for a while. Of course, he's like, you've got like somebody who's he's nerdy smart, and obscure, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's not Jewish. But he's handsome as well. Yeah, he's Irish. He's not he's Jewish. He's educated. He's like, he's like an adult, but he's just sweet and kind and like a normal. He's probably in his 30s, mid, mid to late 30s. So is he single? Is he single? Aren't he's you? married. Oh, he's no, married. No, he's oh, he's married. married. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, that, that would be Would you like a Jimmy though. Fallon type? Like like a Judd Apatow kind of guy. Like a funny, smart, down-to-earth, kind-hearted person. Well, Leslie but Mann clearly... needs to train you, bitch. I mean, seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, okay. Here's a, th- here's like, a, here's a theory, okay? Go to... Where do you live? You live in New York City? Go to the Lincoln uh, Center... Well, go to the Lincoln live, Center Synagogue... On a Saturday morning, you'll throw a rock. There'll be 50 of them. Trust me on this one. <laughs> I live down the street on 72nd and Columbus. I know where these freaking women, these freaking men are, and they're all over Temple on Saturday. And then don't forget to join their great. singles group. Okay? Well, I'm actually I'm moving back to San Francisco in like a month. So, okay. Well, I don't know how many but, Jews there are there. It's a lot of Asians, so I don't know. Shabbat shalom, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And maybe um, Jeb Abada has like a really great brother or a nephew. Let's put it out there. Let's put it out in the universe because yeah, they're yeah. cranking cash over there. Hey, Ash- like, oh, you know who's single? Jonah Hill's single. <laughs> And I bet you Anna knows him. Uh, you know what? Anna does know Jonah. Jonah would be a good one. Jonah's a Westlake boy. He's a nice Jewish Jonah, boy. Jonah, are you ready to set them up? Oh, no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're a matchmaker. Yes, like, exactly. No. shit else is happening. <laughs> they went from saying go to a synagogue to move to L.A. and let <laughs> you hook her up with Jonah. Look, Jonah's single. I know that for a fact. He said he loved matchmaker and he was single. I heard it recently. So there you go. Um, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah. I hope I hope Patty gave you the advice that you needed. And send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. And again, thank you so much. Right. Lincoln Center Synagogue. Cool. Trust me. There are 50 of them there. All right. I know it's late there. Thank you for so Patty. much. Ashley, Good night. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, bye, bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So the next clip we're about to play is from our episode with Courtney Love. So, Anna, tell me, what was going on through your mind when Courtney Love walked into your house? Oh, my God. I think when Courtney Love walked into my house, I, you know that I'm rarely at a loss for words, and I feel like that a little bit right now because I'm I'm reliving the experience a bit. I, I felt like, you know, someone that I grew up with. Um, I mean, but from such a distance, I grew up in, you know, in, in a suburban area and North of Seattle during, you know, the grunge years and in the early nineties. And so Courtney Love was like always a part of like a dialogue in some form or another, I guess. Um, and uh, so to have her like, to have her walk into my house was just, um, I really, I really was speechless. And I think it was one of those, um, interviews too, where I felt truly what, what do I ask her? What do like, I couldn't stop. Um, I, I was in such awe. I was, I, I get starstruck a lot. And I was really, I get starstruck with almost, with every guest, pretty much. That's a charming quality to have for you, by the way. I'm sorry, continue. But I just wanted to say that when you do get starstruck and it's completely Thanks. evident, it's really charming. Because you know you Thanks. you know that, that they feel the same way about you and you handle that so gracefully. So it's really endearing. Oh, God, I, God, I never think that anyone's like that. Or if they are, if they are, I always feel like, oh, maybe they're faking it, but whatever. That's my own insecurities. But um, no, because there's so many people that I admire that I've I've seen from afar, and then I get the great, you know, uh, like these amazing opportunities where I actually get to like interact with these people, and sometimes they're disappointing, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they're pretty incredible. And uh, anyway, so Courtney Love, especially being from the music world, we don't have a ton of musicians necessarily on our show on our show and so I felt like I didn't quite like how you know like do I ask her about the process like and and what I, I, I felt like with Courtney um I felt like at times she was incredibly 
vulnerable in a way that I was so appreciative appreciative of. And then at times she was really, um, you know, she had a guard up and rightfully so. I mean, she's, you know, she's been through so much and it made me think a lot about the idea as actors, we get to hide behind while we're exposed a lot, but we get to hide behind characters in our creative world and as musicians, you don't necessarily get that. And there's a little bit more of, um, it's a, it's a little more solitary, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have no idea. Um, anyway, so, but it was a complete thrill. I thought she was fucking gorgeous. Um, I was like one of the highlights of my life was afterwards when she, played in my kitchen, um, played guitar. Completely unexpected. And, and I just, I couldn't believe that. I mean, a private Courtney Love concert in your kitchen for five of us. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, uh, and, and I loved, you know, she was, she was, she was really frank about a, a lot of things that really surprised me. And I think that it probably was, interesting and helpful and and you know one of the goals that we've talked about about the podcast has been like how we want to have a funny fun podcast where we you know interview celebrities and do ridiculous things but we also want to be relatable and of potentially of help of some kind even if it's just somebody being able like oh man I can I can really relate to that and I think that she um, that she was was pretty frank about some of the shit that she went through. I mean, mm-hmm. although I don't think I've had guys write songs about me, although I would like to think. You're telling me Chris has I, never I, written a song about you? He's written poetry. Uh, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But come on, like I mean, a song that's on the radio. Oh, that's you want you want an actual on, song then. on the radio? Okay, fine. Come on, yeah. <laughs> sure, I have a movie star husband, but it, has he written me a song that's been on the radio? You're right, Fuck. Chris. Get on that fuck immediately. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the kids say, don't they? They say fuck my life. They say that. Anyway, that's uh, FML. The acronym is FML, I believe. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Anna, it's almost impossible to listen to every minute of every one of our podcasts, and sometimes our listeners they may have missed out on a lot of the fun that happens towards the end of the episodes, and things get a little nutty at the end of this Courtney Love episode. So here it is from August twenty third. Here's Courtney Love. Sim does this crazy signal with his finger where he swirls it around. Did that mean shut up? I guess it means wrap it all up, but I've never been able to really figure it out. Will you do it again, Sim? Oh. Uh, Wrap it up. Yeah. No, you're so bad at that. How should I do it? This is is right. No, you can't even waggle your finger correctly. Oh, Sim, I love you so much, but I also wouldn't be an episode if I didn't say fuck you. Exactly. Right. I'm sorry. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yes. Yes. I got Courtney Love to say fuck you to me. I love it. (laughs) 
Courtney, will you say it with like a lot of growl and gusto, passion? Some gusto? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Sim. Fuck you. Sim. Sim. Fuck you. But maybe. Sim. No, oh, no, no. Let me do it like sorry. an angry okay. lover. Okay. Sim. Fuck you. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Courtney, thank you so much for hanging hey, out. Oh, thanks we for love, having love, me hang out with love you. Having you. I had a calzone. I met the baby. I met the parents. Kiwi's here. Osama's here. Hey, Courtney. Yes, darling. Would you do me a big favor and would you tell me to fuck you, Anna? <laughs> no, I don't want Come to. Come on. You're so vulnerable. Please, like little. Please. You're like Please. little. I'm stronger than You're you like think. You're like a little I'm dog. Stronger than yeah, you, think. you like to be spun around yes, and thrown I up do. against you that wall, that bitch. You, you know that, that bitch. You, you know that bitch. You little slut. You little whore. You know you like it. You know you like it. You little fucking whore. Slam. Slam. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, say you want it again. And again. And again, you little slut. Fuck you. Yeah. I guess we know who the top is in this relationship. Uh, Oh my god, I'm always the bottom. Uh. Anna, our next guest we're going to discuss is Regina Hall. Tell me why you feel your friendship has been so strong over the years. I met Regina in 1999 when we were auditioning for the first scary movie, which at the time was called scream. If you know what I did last Halloween. Um, and we were both cast in it. And I think three days later after we got cast, we were up in Vancouver together and I felt like, Oh my God. I like, I, I've, just have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Like I'm suddenly in a hotel room. Somebody's picking me up in a van. I'm going to a trailer to get fitted for, um, like, like I truly had no idea of any, anything uh, about the process of, of being, uh, you know, in, in this industry. Um, and Regina was, just so kind. Um, she had like a neighboring hotel room to me and, um, she was, she was just unbelievable to me. And then as the years went on, we were the only ones that were in all four, although there are five scary movies, but, um, we were in all four together. And so our friendship just grew stronger and stronger. And we just, spent a lot of time together and we would just spend all day on set just giggling about absurd things. We both have a really absurd, raunchy sense of humor and extremely, extremely different backgrounds. Um, and, you know, we, we would laugh a lot about why are these two characters, Cindy Campbell and Brenda, we never, I don't know if we ever really figured out her last name. I can't remember. Uh, good friends. And um, because it made no sense. Cindy was this incredibly nerdy, idiotic white girl. And Regina was a very like street savvy um, 
not always the nicest gal, but for whatever reason, they were good friends. And it, and it sort of, we always sort of felt like it kind of cemented in the weirdest way, um, the idea of these spoof movies. But we, we just, we just made each other laugh. And she, um, has this wonderful juxtaposition of, of, you know, she's, she's fairly religious, although I don't want to like speak too much about like her views about anything, but, um, but also like, just not afraid at all to, to get raunchy. And, um, and I just, I I think we've had this enduring, I mean, she has one of, it's not the best laugh that I've ever heard. Um, she really does. And, and I, yeah, my, my love for her couldn't, we, we sadly, you know, just because of the way like friendships go, we talk about every six months, but when we do, it's like, we're right back in the groove. And, um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I know her and I dream that I get to work with her again. Before I play the clip, remind our listeners, what is Fistgina? Oh, Fistgina. That <laughs> was the band that we made up when uh, when we got bored on set. Because there's a lot of downtime, believe it or not, making the scary movies while they're setting up all the ridiculous props and like horrible stuff that we're about to do. So Regina and I... Uh, meet a band called Fist China, um, and uh, we yeah we sang a lot of ridiculous songs, and I think and we were up in Canada, and I think that I got I have to imagine that most of that Canadian crew, and we just got such such a big kick out of it. They must have been like these idiotic girls. <laughs> like, what are they doing? Because we would just be in one of each other's trailers, which were little, like, dinky trailers, even though we, you know, whatever, but whatever, I can't complain about trailers, (laughs) but, but just, like, making up, like, the nastiest verses we could possibly imagine, um, for our band, Fish China. So you made Um, up a couple of verses in this clip, so from September 20th, here is Regina Hall, and Anna Ferris and their band Fistgina. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Okay. But are you single? And you can just do a head jerk if you don't want to talk about it. I'm seeing someone, yes. I oh, 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 mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. all right. I'll explore that later privately, listeners. Yes. <laughs> but let's imagine that Anna gets s- the juice. Yeah. <laughs> the juice, the juice, like the river. <laughs> <laughs> the lubricated river <laughs> of Regina. <laughs> Regina is a lubricant. Yeah. I How like that. It, How does it that go? That sounds like a fishgina song. <laughs> it's off of kind of your <laughs> yeah. body is a wonderland. Yeah. Regina yeah. is a lubricant. lubricant. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Wait, do you think John Mayer's going to write a song about me? Probably. Regina is a lubricant. Regina is a lubricant. 
I'm going to try something. So pretty. Okay, here, I'm going to try something. Sing Regina. Oh, wait, what is it? Regina's is, Lubricant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sing Regina it. Regina's Lubricant. I'm going to put a little, <laughs> I'm going to put a little music behind it. Oh. In the edit. Okay. So let's see how okay. it sounds. But how, would you, do we have a good, another good net follow-up lyric? I can't is Lubricant. Doesn't he just go, oh. How does it, how does that song go? Your body is, is the wonderland. Body's a That's wonderland. all I know. Regina is the a lubricant. Something about the way you look tonight. Is that Isn't it like a no. uh-huh? Or yeah, it's, a, it's, a, uh, in, it's an agreement. Okay. Yeah, so okay. So we'll just agree. Try it, try it, and then okay. I'm going to put the music okay. in. Okay. Let's do it. Regina is a lubricant. Uh-huh. Regina is a lubricant. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> You wrote that one, though. I, I mean, you did that one. Oh, I love it when you give me credit. Well, I am sort of, I'm like, what? I'm like the Paul Simon yeah. behind me. Oh, yeah. Garfunkel Simon. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is historic. I think we've made another classic. It's what we do. Hit so, makers. Uh, listeners, okay. you got to hear that live. Oh, yeah. They know what. Well, that's the magic. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, we're gonna sell out. Oh my goodness, that's next. Three, uh, three, a three-minute three concert. <laughs> Second song. <laughs> a three-minute concert. Oh, that would be better. Really that would be amazing. That would be incredible. Wait until everybody's in their seats before we start. Oh my god, we don't want people to miss it. Yeah, we definitely. We'll that. make them wait for like twenty minutes. Yeah. you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, we got to be the divas. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe you might even come up with one right again on that stage about how many people are there. That's true. It's a lot of people here tonight. There's 53. Yeah. <laughs> That's the song! <laughs> but Let's wait. do it again. It's a lot of people here tonight. There's 53. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> wow! This is when you know you've been surrounded by people who tell you they, who give you too many compliments for a long time. <laughs> when you start making... You two are when amazingly you creative together. That you're, that you're good. That you're amazing. <laughs> this is how fast fish should... We had like 10. I know, but I like it when we do talk about either pussy or... Or dicks or something because oh, yeah. that's always fun. Yeah, that's what Fistjine is known for. That's that's the heart of our material. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's it's. Let's do the one we just did again. What's uh? How many people are there? No, the, there? oh, that one. Okay, are you going to raunch people? it up a little? Yeah. I'm gonna oh, raunch okay, it up. okay, good. What's the first line? Um, again? how many people are there out there? Yeah. How many people are here tonight? I think I did that in the sound of your body is one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we know. <laughs> we we By the way, song. if you want to try it, I'll put the music underneath. Okay. How many people? Maybe that should be our Yeah. Name. I think we're going to do that at a, as a run. Because <laughs> that whole song is like 10 of our songs. <laughs> you know. How many people are here tonight? 53. Do they all have penises? I'm not sure. <laughs> Hope they all have penises. <laughs> I too. Oh. I hope they're long and girthy, like me. Oh, that was good. I just wanted to be like. That's I wanted to really one. throw people, you know. I like, like that. Do, does Anna Ferris have a penis? I don't what? know. That should be like you a know Twitter. What I, thought? <laughs> Twitter, Twitter I thought you Twitter. described yourself as long. I and did dirty. too. That's I, what, thought, I yeah, thought you no. were describing <laughs> yeah. you and not your penis. Well, right. no, but wouldn't it be fun to have a Twitter hashtag Anna Ferris has a penis? 
Oh no! Or it's I like long and I like by the way, I like, you're, no, you're doing I it right now. Hysterical. I said oh no because it's going like, to happen right now. But you, I like I, no, I like I it be better so when it when it <laughs> does. Anna Ferris have a penis. Oh, okay. That's so long the hashtag. Right? That's long. Let's see how many hashtags we can get flying out there on Twitter right now. Yeah. What's the, what's the hashtag? Hashtag does Anna Ferris have a penis? That's long and girthy. That's long and girthy. That's a long hashtag. Okay, girthy, girthy, girthy. Um, long and girthy. Anna, long and girthy. <laughs> Hashtag Anna, long and girthy. That's it. That's it. You know what? And dear listeners, you're just going to have to wait Fishgina to find too. the answer. Hashtag Fishgina. <laughs> I'm going to find out when I go in the attic after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Anna, our next guest is Ken Jong. And we were all in the mood to laugh that evening. And he's, he's such a special person, isn't he? Ken is unbelievable. I just, um, I, yeah, I think that I almost had a hernia. We were sweating. It was, it was amazing. You played Kayla and you were on a date with Ken and he's playing Chow from the Hangover movies. And it was absolutely hysterical. So that's in part one of the episode if you if you if you didn't get a chance to listen to the episode but ken had us dying just rolling he's well he he also has an incredibly infectious laugh yes but he's and 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 is genuinely hysterical and also is a fascinatingly brilliant person i mean he comes from he's a doctor you know he comes from this incredible incredibly interesting background. Um, his wife is a doctor. He's got kids. He came into the entertainment industry late in life. Like his story is, is just so amazing. And, and he is so willing to enjoy it. Enjoy. It's, it's so, it's so wonderful to meet somebody in the industry, um, who is like, like my impression of him it just was was a was like isn't this fucking awesome yes and it's so it's so refreshing to get that um perspective again because it is and and it's easy when you get bogged down in rejection and the work hours and whatever like you know working with people that aren't maybe not the nicest um that you, you know, you lose sight of like, yeah, this is, this is really, what we do is, is really special and, and, and we are incredibly fortunate and Ken sort of reminded, he gave me like a, like that childlike giddiness again, because that's what he has. And it's, and it is very, um, catchy. Well, listening to the episode again put me in a really, really happy mood. And this clip, again, happened as we were wrapping up the show. For some reason, Ken decides to turn into Jay Leno. So from September 27th, here is Ken Jong. <laughs> Ken Jong has a TV show. It's called Dr. Dr. Ken. <laughs> it's on... Fridays <laughs> on ABC. ABC. Very simple letters, guys. I don't. I really don't think it could be at 
Nah, 830, 830, Friday, September 23rd. They could also buy it on iTunes if they wanted. Yes, they can. They yes, can buy it on iTunes. But they can't go anywhere else. Like, no Netflix, no Hulu, none of that. Right, right. Just yeah, iTunes, just I believe. Why no, to eliminate? I think... Uh, <laughs> what a fucking dick. <laughs> well, I'm, that's a common question. It's like, hey, can I watch your show on, well, no, on Hulu I, I, or I think ABC.com. I think you... ABC.com. ABC. Mm-hmm. Or yep. the ABC app. ABC app, correct. Yep. Yeah? Yep. What yep. Else, where else? Um, Hangover 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> Community is available probably yeah, on, uh, on Hulu. On Hulu, yeah. Is it? Yeah, actually sure? it is. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is. You, actually can watch, you can watch old episodes of Hulu yeah. on Community on Hulu, I should say. Have you had for anyone from Community on here yet? No, like we Joel only, McHale? Or no, no, we haven't. But she did a movie with Joel McHale. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, oh. What's your number? What's your number? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Chris Pratt Why'd you give Chris him a Pratt hint? Was also in it. You? Fuck you. <laughs> Let's I, make I, Ken do it I, again. Okay. All right. All right. She, you know what? She knows Joel McHale. Oh, she, yeah. They, they did right. a movie she, together. They did a movie together. Yeah. Do you remember oh, what, what was the called? movie called? Oh, I don't know. Battleship. Battleship. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn Close. Decker. Um, um, battleship. Battleship. Battlebox. Is there any way you could? It's mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. It has a question mark mm-hmm. at the end of the title. Battleship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, okay. it's not. It's right. more of like a romantic, but less spaceshipy. Annie Hall, what's your number? But uh, do it up again. What's like, your number? <laughs> <laughs> so good, yes. That was Is that good. what Leno said when you? <laughs> so yeah, so um, you know, so Anna, we have a um, your next movie coming out. What's your number? <laughs> Coming out on in um in August. Um, great to have you on Fast, everybody. Uh, <laughs> hey, no movie coming out. What's your number? <laughs> Is that how we said it? Oh my god, that is so oh depressing. Oh but yes, you're right. Before we go, we do. I mean, we can cut this out. We can cut this out. One minute interview. You as Jay Leno. You're interviewing Anna about her new movie. It's called. What movie do you want to be interviewed about? You want to be inter- – what's your number? We, already, we just said what's uh, your number. Oh, interviewed about the podcast. Mm. Boom. Okay. And by the way, yeah. Leno I, – I love Leno. I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Leno's so, amazing. Yeah. So uh, – mm. so, 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 yeah. uh, Anna. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, you, need to we need to, you need to introduce right. her. Anna's guess is uh, she's uh, – you've seen her in several movies um, when in several punctuated titles of <laughs> what's your number? What's your number? And what's your number? Please welcome Anna Ferris. Anna. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Oh, so um, looking really good. Looking a little, you know, a little sleep, a little tired here. Um, so anyway, so uh, tell me about your movie. Oh, I have well, uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know. I... Anyway, we'll be right back with the message with we'll be right back with with Anna Ferris after this message from Tampax. So you, we we laughed and cried about your, your movie. Uh, what's what's the name of the movie called? Uh, so the movie call is called uh, Jump Jump Jump, and it's called uh, Jump Jump Jump. Jump Jump Jump, and uh, I'm great really, title. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so proud because. And what do you play in Jump Jump Jump? Well, I I play sort of a, a woman from the streets. Oh, but, Jump Jump. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I read the book. Um, I, I read the book. I read. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, Kevin, I read, okay? You know I read sometimes. Yeah, I know yeah. you read. Yeah, you know I read. I read. I'm sorry. It's sorry. Right. It's a... Yeah, sound, sound, Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, um, as a 
you know, as a teacher, I um, I wanted to. <laughs> Funny, a teacher. <laughs> Good. Jump, jump, something, teacher. I got, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Ke- Kevin, let us speak. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. Just. Uh... Sorry, uh, she she looked. I, is it something I said? You look, you look a little, uh, you look a little, 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 little mad. Uh, is it something I did? Just have me on you. You're promoting a movie. Uh, give me all the time in the world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really good right now. Okay. Um. Hmm. Anyway. So, anyways, hmm. uh, when uh, I was cast in Jump, 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 um, mm-hmm. I felt like. Oh, this is a like a a role that's going to stretch me, you know. Because of all the jumping, it's like jumping, and I'm stretching, and so I made it. So is that what made it get get that kind of role? Like, oh, I'm stretching out. So hey, I'll jump. I'll jump off a pole, and you know, I'll tether myself to some cement block, and then I'll just jump in those ropes. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Sounds sounds. So, bread. did you see the movie? Uh, I because I think that. My publicist sent you the screener, or um, I, you know, I have not um, because um, <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's um, uh, Kevin here was he'll tell you why. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin? 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 Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Kevin? 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 I wasn't interested. That's why I didn't see it. That's the the complete lack of interest. Sorry. Anyway, all about the movie. Chum, 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 chum. A lot of stretching, a lot of jumping going on. Anyway, we'll be right after this from Wonder Bread. Next is Katie Couric. So, Anna, when I sent you a text saying Katie Couric wants to come on the podcast, what was going through your head? I kind of thought, you don't really fuck with me 
I didn't fully think that. I have to take a screenshot of the email. I think that I thought that somebody was fucking with you potentially. That's what I thought originally too. But then I then I actually did some background and and it turned out no, it was legit. She really wanted to come on the show. And then I quickly became like I, beyond like floored and flat because that was when there's been several moments where it felt like okay, we we've crossed over from this being like hey, I'm going to invite uh, like a couple of friends over for some, you know, cocktails and pizza and have make them record their voices um, to like, oh, this is now becoming something legitimate or at least semi-legitimate. So then there's been a few moments of those when Katie Kirk walked into my house. That was like, holy shit. That's when we looked at each other and we were like, what is going on? What's happening right now? This is real. Yeah. Like, can't I just go back to like giggling dumb blonde? And I probably did. And you did that. And so did Katie. Katie was game for all of that, which is, which is, which is what I loved about this episode. You really brought out a playful, fun side of Katie that she's always had. And I'm sure people see that. But, but just seeing it in this, in this kind of environment where she was completely relaxed and... It was fun to watch. And- oh, it was so amazing, too. I, I loved it that she, um, especially the woman, that she is such an established journalist and so well-regarded and respected in her field and at the same time isn't afraid to let down her guard and, 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 and laugh. And it, to me, it felt like, I guess that's kind of in, in the oddest of ways, like the ultimate confidence, you know, like somebody who can, who can, who doesn't have to always play a role, especially as a woman in, in that industry of, of being completely severe. And, um, and I, and I, I just, I loved talking with her and, um, and, you know, and, and I, I'm still am hugely flattered and I've been watching her recently on the Today Show and I'm just like, oh my God, she was on my podcast. <laughs> it's pretty mind blowing, isn't camp, it? I, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't believe it. And uh, anyway, so I'm forever, ever grateful for Katie Couric for um, being open to doing something as ridiculous as our podcast and, and, uh, and, 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 and also just sort of, and being the person, the the trailblazing person that she is. And in last week's episode, Anna, you discussed how you wanted to address all types of bullying this year on the podcast. Um, so it turns out Katie Couric has some thoughts as well from October 3rd. Here's Katie Couric. Sim, we've been getting some bullying lately. Really? And, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, look at Sim. Yeah. He's like, what? Anyway, okay. He's totally cutting this out. All right. What? Um, what? What? Who's been bullying you? Well, people have been, you know, it's like now that we have a podcast, people are sending in their opinions. And I've been trying to tell Sim, like, I've been, been, I don't know, in the public forum, not that, I mean, I'm not that famous, whatever, but yeah, I get mean things said about me all 
the time. Right. In the past, so in the past 10 months since I've started doing the podcast with Anna, occasionally I'll get trolled. So now I'm starting to think it's a little, it's funny. And I'm, I'll read some of these It's really not funny. funny. It's tweets. just mean. It's mean. I just don't understand. No, it's just what, mean. Yeah. It's not funny. It's mean. Honestly, I never get used to it. I was looking at Facebook because I did, I, I'm here for Stand Up to Cancer, which is yes. an organization that I helped start and with some other women. your video, sorry. Yes. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Because I did yes, a video we'll, sort of how we'll I got started. It, yeah. right. But, um... I was going through my Facebook mentions, and I don't go on Facebook as much uh, that much. I really use Twitter and Instagram a little bit more, but I was looking at Facebook because I had posted this profile of this darling girl named Abby Shapiro who died of um, osteosarcoma when she was just 16 years old and um, an only child, and I've gotten to know her parents a little bit. And I introduced her to Carly Kloss, and Carly... uh, was just amazing. She went to see her at Georgetown Hospital in Washington. She would call her from the VMAs. I mean, she yeah. really took an interest in this young woman and made me really appreciate the person Carly Kloss is. I mean, I thought how wonderful that she did that. I never met Abby. I just connected them. And I got to know her parents after she passed away. But anyway, I posted this sort of tribute to her because I was doing that uh, in the days leading up to stand our event here in Los Angeles. And I read this comment, and some guy said, Katie, I watched your interview with Tom Hanks. Clearly, you're over-tanning. Your oh, skin God. looks like a monkey scrotum. Ugh. And I thought, wow, really? First of all, I thought, oh, gosh, maybe I am over-tanning. But then I thought, like, what what, what motivates someone right. to be so nasty? And it's almost like I think when you become a public figure per se – People completely lose sight that you're a real person, and they almost—it's—it's um, it's this weird kind of objectification or depersonalization. Mm-hmm. And it's when I read these mean comments, it's like a oh, knife in my heart. Totally. But I told Sim, I was like, "Listen, these are people that want your attention, and also, of course, it's going to jar." I mean, I had—I've had people totally tear apart my looks time and time again and I can't like oh every time you can get a ton of compliments and that are so wonderful and feel so good but then there's that one thing that somebody says that does rip you apart a little bit and you are jarred and you rationalize it within yourself you're like okay this person's messed up whatever um but yeah and I think that that's um it's it's mystifying the idea of somebody being cruel for the sake of attention, I guess. Or there's no preparation. Like I, no one ever prepared me for this at all. And it's not like I get a ton of trolls. I've gotten a few, and we're getting amazing compliments. And people are being. I'm, everyone has been so nice to us. But occasionally, you'll get someone that says something really mean, and no one ever prepared me for that. Yeah, you know. I think what's interesting is to really sort of figure out the motivation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think um, I usually rationalize it or kind of come to terms with it by saying it's usually the product of people who are really unhappy, mm-hmm. unhappy with their own lives, unhappy with what they've done or where they are. And it's very easy, I think, when you're in a bad place to lash out at people who seem to be happy or seem to have things that you don't have. 
you know, I think that's a very weird primal instinct. I don't know if you all have ever felt like jealous or resentful of people, but it's almost, (laughs) but it's almost, I mean, it's almost like this thing that you, that just kind of bubbles up in you and you can't necessarily keep it at bay. You know, these because everyone oh, has a Katie, lot of different feelings. You're so feelings. generous. No, it's I'm, no, no, no. But but I'm just saying. So it's really hard to, for me to handle, and I've been doing this a long right. time. But you know, when I used to do the Today Show, people, the internet wasn't around, yeah. and so Willard Scott had this really darling secretary named Nancy Fields, and she was a secretary back then, and and she would open up our mail, and I remember somehow I was in this room with them sometimes uh, with with Nancy and her another assistant, and I would go and hang out with them. And some man wrote this very insulting note. I mean, he was an older gentleman. You could tell from his writing, and I think he might even have said his age. But he said, you know, I thought your dress was so unattractive and your hair looks like a ski slope for an adventurous sparrow or something like that. And I thought, oh, that wasn't very nice. And, you know, clearly. Odd that it was creatively, like, insulting. Right. But but funny how I remember this. I mean, this was probably in the early 90s. But I thought, well, that was a letter and most of them ended up in the circular file. Mm-hmm. But with the Internet, you know, you can't avoid these comments because if you're looking sort of for any kind of feedback, you can't help. But be- then suddenly you're like, oh, what? <laughs> right. right. And it's and, and so it's very hard yeah. to avoid. And um, and I think, wow, gosh, other people must be dealing with this, too. And I'm not the only one for sure. And I think. You know, I'm sure Anderson Cooper gets his fair share of critical comments and even Lester Holt or people who are mm -hmm. doing the news or whomever, you know. And so I think everybody gets it. But but it does sort of remind you of this negative side of human nature that is very disconcerting and disappointing, right? It's Mm -hmm. the anonymous bullying, you know, and yeah, it's true. It's like I'm jealous. You're jealous? You know? uh, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think that that's. I think that that's. What oh, it, that that's what they're saying. The root is, or or I'm be? just ignorant and hate. You know, full of hate. Mm-hmm. I interviewed Jonathan Weissman on on our podcast, yeah. and he's a Washington editor for the New York Times, and he tweeted an article about Donald Trump and fascism that was written by a pretty conservative columnist, and the the level of anti-Semitism he received was so shocking, where people. Were, and he retweeted it all because it just as Leslie uh, Jones did. He wanted people to bear witness yes. to what Leslie what Jones. was going on on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought it was really brave of him because I'm not about to retweet like oh, insulting sure. things because I'm so embarrassed. And I think part of the embarrassment is the collective shaming you feel when other people are reading these awful comments. It feels like of course it's, yeah. it feels like a schoolyard taunt that everybody's listening to. And they're all kind of looking at you and, and and embarrassing you and shaming you. But anyway, Jonathan Weissman, I mean, it was just incredible. People were sending him uh, corpses from the Holocaust. Oh they were You're sending kidding. him, you know, a menorahs that said six million and candles. I mean, it was so grotesque and disgusting. And this is what the internet has wrought. I mean, it's done a lot of really positive things. Mm-hmm. I what say the great, those? well, I mean, access to information, True. it builds communities, it helps kind of fuel social movements, you know? So I think it has a lot of positive attributes, but, you know, I say the good news about the internet is 
it, it allows everybody to have an opinion and everybody to have a voice. And the bad news about the internet, it allows everyone to have an opinion and everyone to have a voice, exactly. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're still all grappling with, with sort of what this is doing to our level of discourse and to us as a society and to our, our humanity, right? Yeah, completely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Dear listeners, Katie Couric. She just dropped the mic. In my dining room. My is it weird... hot in here? It's, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it is hot. Okay. It's hot. Okay. It's, it's, hot. Hot. it's hot. Flash. No, no. It's hot because my tits are so huge. <laughs> Next name I have here for you, Anna, is Allison Janney. What does she mean to you? Allison Janney, I call her Jambone on set. I think Allison has been such a game changer for me in so many ways. I don't even know how quite to put it in words. I was trying to write out her birthday card a few weeks ago, and I, I truly didn't know the words to say because I have so many mostly just love. I like, I couldn't love this woman more. I mean, today when I was, I had to stay after work and get my hair done and she stayed after and pretended to be the most obnoxious makeup artist (laughs) ever. And if you could see me right now, I look like a clown. Um, because she was pretending to be Juju, like this bitter makeup artist too. <laughs> and I was pretending to be a 23, Ansley, 23-year-old ex-Nickelodeon star. Um, yeah, that's the kind of <laughs> fucked up shit that Allison and I do. So instead of going home, instead of going home after work, she decided yes. to hang out and just play with you? Yes, and play with me. While I was getting my hair done, she did my makeup. And I, I seriously have glitter all over my face. <laughs> I look like I've been to a strip club. Juju, her character, was very mad at me. Um, and but we we get we get to do stuff like that. But we also have incredibly intimate, serious conversations. And you know, I'm just so lucky that on a daily basis I get to see, um, you know one of my closest friends and, and, and also I learned from her all the time too, acting wise and, and just who she is, um, as a person. And, um, and I, I, you know, I'm just forever, ever, 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 ever (laughs) grateful that she's, she's in my life. And, um, and I know that, no matter what happens with the show, I'm going to constant. I'm going to, I'm going to annoy her for the rest of her life. And I'm um, grateful. Yeah. Do you remember the game that you, that Allison and I played the game where we competed against each other to see who knows you more? Yeah. Who won? Um, I, I don't know. I think it was, like a, I think it was a tie. I don't remember. Um, that, that doesn't really matter. I don't matter. think it was. I think the, the more important takeaway from that game was that things got a little heated and a little controversial, especially about the question, what professions you would not date? Yeah. I can't believe that she, I think that she. I and me. What, what happened to your memory, Anna? And me. 
Yeah, right. well, you I expect because you never listen to anything anyway. <laughs> All right. Judge for yourself. From November 1st, here is Allison Janney. Do we want to do this part or this part? That part? That means that you have to take over because I don't really know. Well, I don't know what it is. Oh. You, and, you and Cassie oh, did this. Oh, I'm doing this? <laughs> I feel a little bit embarrassed about this because this is a game called Who Knows Anna Better? I always make the podcast about me <laughs> because because it's your because I'm a narcissist you can do whatever yeah, you want exactly. Well, but anyway, all right, we're just we're just gonna. You're plow being you're being this. very humble is what you're being. I'm attempting to be. It's my <laughs> faux humbleness. Gotcha. Does it sound convincing? <laughs> it does. What's going on? What's happening? Do it. I think we're gonna have. Can we have Cassie explain the rules? Yes. Um, Anna's gonna ask a series of questions. Okay. About herself. Okay. And you guys are gonna write down what you think the answer is okay. and hold it up, and then Anna's gonna say what her answer is. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Copy that. Okay. Copy. Copy. Yeah. Copy. Copy. Up. If Anna wasn't an actor, what would she be? Number one. Okay. Number two. Wait. wait hold on. Hang on. We have to write the answers down. Uh, what is Anna's favorite curse word? Okay. Hang on. Uh, what was Anna's first car? Okay. Who was Anna's first kiss? Oh, God, what's the hell is that guy's name? <laughs> what the hell is that guy's name? <laughs> uh, what is the one occupation Anna would never date? Last one, what is Anna's onset tool to get people to pay attention? Okay. 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 I feel a lot of confidence coming from Allison over oh, here. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Sim, what are you writing up? Um, I'm trying to think of, okay, which one was it? Fuck. I'm so fucked. Um, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Okay. All right. We're, we're okay. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Allison, if Anna was an actor, what would she be? Porn star. <laughs> I put drama teacher in a small town, like local theater. I, you're both sort of right and wrong at the same time. I was going to go with camp counselor, but so I, but I do want to be like the pervy kind. So and which also I could be the, the theater director at a camp. So I give I give you know one Partial, point one point, point each one point each. You know the kind that sort of wants to sleep with the campers. Mm-hmm. I might not, but you know, you never know. Uh, okay. Well, you should read. You should tell us your answer before we go. So we'll reveal it after. After you read the question, you'll you tell us what the answer is. Your answer. No. Right. You just know you're going to lose. So fuck you. <laughs> my game, my rules. Oh, it's your game. You didn't yes. even know what this game was until Cassie presented it. it to well, you now five I know. Minutes ago. Now I know. <laughs> fuck off. What is Anna's favorite curse word? At the one, two, three. Cunt. You, Sim. <laughs> One point each. I love them both. I like owning cunt. I don't want some other people to own that word, so I'm just going to own it. And I do also love, of as my listeners know, to say fuck you, Sim. So one point each. You're being very generous to me. Thank you. I just decided she is being to generous. Have, yeah. What was Anna's first car? One, two, three. Dodge Dart. Dodge Dart. <laughs> 
wasn't that your first car no it's the, the first literally the first car i thought of and i was like since i don't really know i think it was i, my, it was, I knew it was start. a big car it was a big car. i gotta was give it, this are you serious monte, monte carlo, carlo? Was it a monte carlo? i was yeah. tell me it was, it was yes. a big car tell, tell me it was a maroon monte okay. carlo it was are you serious yes <gasps> Seriously? Yes, Allison. I feel, I feel like, like I knew I've this. To- yes, I, I knew this. But see, this, I'm not good I at accessing. The same. Uh, it's because yeah. you check. You totally I, zone. Listen, I would too if I were you. I would like once I start talking. You do you would remember be like, what my first car was? Dodge Dart. A Scirocco. <laughs> What's that? It's a Volkswagen. <laughs> I, I know sure, that I've cool. we've played that game before after you know, know and you ask everyone so I know that I, know, I also that, told you this but you don't remember that no because that's the thing about the go around is that nobody actually pays attention nobody. to anybody else's I mean, answer you, you just wait to yeah you, you want to say your me. answer and yeah. I think you mentioned Monte Carlo um at an, on a podcast once so I remember that yeah I love that um okay uh who was on his first kiss one two three Allison Janney <laughs> say it again Brent Allison Janney. <laughs> <laughs> Allison Janney. Just, Have you two ever kissed? I could. Oh, yes. Have we ever kissed? That's our thing. Us? What what the hell? What's that guy's name? What's his name? Well, there there was Brent, who was my first boyfriend. So oh. technically you're both wrong. But yeah. who was the guy? Brandon would, was yeah, my my first that. kiss yeah. anyway. Um <sighs> Listen, guys. So do uh, I get like partial credit for I that? think you both do because I mean, technically Allison was my first. Female uh, kiss. No. Well, no. But the first person who's played my mom that I've made out with. Oh, that makes sense. Um, okay. gotcha. And uh, and right. Brent is somebody that I just talk about So we a lot. both deserve credit for that then? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Sim, I can hear your subtext there. <laughs> totally. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what was the one occupation Anna would never date? Musician. Musician. Right. Yeah. What musician, magician, magician, a magician or a musician? No, same thing. No, first of all, let me clarify this. Oh, you, I you don't think it's a great idea to date That's, a musician, but I like is. them. But a magician is one. Magician? What the fuck? Maybe is all wrong? this time I thought you were saying musician. I thought they were both in the same category. Magician. I no. thought, I thought they, you, you no, hated complete. both equally. No. First of all, I don't Sim. hate any of them. I just think it's a bad idea. But you're creeped out by both. No, I'm not creeped. God damn it. Okay, what the but fuck episode so is this? So magician is you would never date because why? I, it bothers the idea of somebody uh, like getting off on tricking me really fucks with okay. my head. Okay. And musicians, I, I love and I worship them too much. Come on, guys. Get That's this fucking like shit this. together. This <laughs> Where the fuck have you been? I wish we could go oh, really? back to the recordings and then start playing uh, your old. Oh, fine. <laughs> My stance has not changed. It really it hasn't. Yes, like we have. Re- you you are recorded. It's out there. People can you know. Oh fact my check. god. I don't know if I've ever said <laughs> "fuck you, Sim" with like more vengeance right now. I mean, you know what? I'm never going to. These things are cemented in my mind now. You play yeah. this game with and me. And you are not off the hook. Either. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. <laughs> Who's winning, by the way? I know I've got the last you one. You both now. I <laughs> know that I have this next one. And you don't, Sim. You're going down on this one, on this number six. What is Anna's onset tool to get people to pay attention? One, two, three. Opening A gavel. <laughs> No, I wish. Clearly, that would have been helpful. I, I got to give that to Sim, Some, too. That's very good. Wait, what was your answer for the first one? Porn star. But that's a good one, too. It is a good one, but it's not. You no, know. but but also, though, you because you've heard me do my porn. I have. And that was like part of the genesis. Maybe for old time's sake, we should do a little 
a po- couple of porn noises, please, Sam. Please, come on, please, come it's on. It's up to Allison. I'm. I mean, do you want to be the dude? So... You oh, be the God, dude. No, I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel a little. I'll I'm, do all the work. You just be the dude. I can, I'm, I all you have know. to do is do uh, what Bradley did on, on just the release at the end. Ready? Okay, but you know, you how long? Okay, I'll do the release. I'll at just the end. do. A, I'll just okay. do a few moments of squealing, and then you do the release. Are you release. gonna point to me, or am I gonna just know? Okay. You'll just know. Okay. You you'll know. Ready? On a Ferris porn star scene, action. Take one action. Hi, mommy. Hi, mom and dad. That was good release. Just me, you. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. You know what, though? You made me feel good. Like you really enjoyed my company. I did. (laughs) You did. You are really good. And I tried to do Brad's face. All right, Anna, it's that time again. It's time to wrap it up. Sam, you are an uncle. I'm an uncle. It's amazing. It really is such a cool feeling. And I can't, I'm actually, Amy and I are leaving for the hospital right now. I can't wait to meet oh, my new nephew. Great. Oh, my gosh. Well, Amy, I love you. You um, are going to be an amazing auntie. Amy's also an aunt because. Her sister just had a kid three days ago, had a baby three days ago, named, you want, do you want to tell Anna the name of, of your sister, your new niece? Oh my God, Anna, they named her Kayla. They named her Kayla. <laughs> oh boy, we may have to change things up on the show. I know, and everyone was like, my mom was like ooing and aahing about, oh, what a beautiful name, and I'm like standing there in the like, you know, my sister's like on the hospital bed with this brand new baby, and it's like this magical, amazing moment, and all I'm thinking about is your Kayla. Oh, God. <laughs> it's crazy. It was crazy. Oh, no. But you know, know what? Not all Kayla's are the same. That's true. Not oh. all Kaylas are the same. But before we wrap it up, Anna, um, we didn't include some of our most recent episodes because they're probably still fresh. But listeners, dear listeners, if you haven't, please check out episodes like our live Seth Rogen episode and the one with Chris Hardwick and Isla Fisher and Milo Ventimiglia and a recent one with Jeremy Renner. I just love them all. But we are going to end with our good friend Josh Ostrander, a.k.a. Mondo Cosmo. He's had a breakout, breakout year. And he played us out of our Seth Rogen Entertainment Weekly Pop Fest episode. And he is actually backed by the world-famous USC Trojan Marching Band. Um, just an amazing moment for all of us. And before we go, Anna, talk about the live experience. Talk about Josh and Mondo Cosmo. And, and, um, and before we play his song, just, just tell me how you, how you felt about performing live. This is our second time doing it. We did one with uh, Whitney Cummings, which is also another fun episode, so please check that out as well. But talk about uh, the, the one with Entertainment Weekly and, and, uh, and Seth Rogen. Well, I think, you know, part of this whole, I'm so glad you're doing this, Sim, because it's made me reflect a little bit on what the podcast has given to me um, and sort of what our initial goals with the podcast were. Um, And my initial goal was to sort of have like a fun 
hobby and, and getting, you know, I wanted to talk to strangers, but it's become something that, um, that I feel incredibly passionate about that. I feel, uh, I feel really close to our, our listeners. I feel really close to our callers. Um, I, I really, uh, I, well, I wanted to have something like funny and entertaining, like we talked about earlier. I, I, I really also, more importantly, I want to have something, a place where people feel heard and, and, you know, and we can attempt to, to, to give them what we think is maybe good advice. Maybe it's not, but hopefully we always qualify that as being unqualified. But, um, but so I've had many, many moments over the last year of feeling like thrilled and, and about sort of what, what we're doing and, and the people that we get to talk to and the listeners and callers that we get experiences with and how much it means to me that people are willing to share their problems. Um, but for, for sure, one of the out of body experiences was the USC marching band coming into our opening song and having Josh, um, of Mondo Cosmo, who is Mondo Cosmo, uh, have our back at every turn of the way from the very beginning has meant the world. And uh, I'm so proud of his success. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I, I, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about what 2017 brings, but I also, Sam, can't thank you enough. I can't thank Amy enough. I can't thank Josh enough and Emma and Cassie and Mike and everybody else, you know, who's been listening and supporting us. And, um, so here's to a great 2017 and I, uh, I can't wait to hear from from more, and we've got some great stuff planned. Okay, so wait, here's the USC marching band. <laughs> Sorry, <yeah. laughs> playing us out, Mondo Cosmo, backed by the USC marching band, playing a song called "Plastic Soul." Good night, dear listeners. Yeah. Good night. Until I see you fighting in the war back in 1942. Every time I shape shift in the form of standing there right next to you, I keep searching all these dying stars just to get a glimpse of you. And all I have to do to drift away is close my eyes and think of you. Whenever I think of her, whenever I think of her, whenever I think of her, Whenever I think of her
Didn't you see you tearing down the wall back in 1989? Didn't you feel my hand against your heart when I told you you were always mine? The best days of all my lives are spent dreaming of. The best days of all my lives were spent dreaming of. The best days of all my lives were spent dreaming on the afterlife. Whenever I think of her. Whenever I think of her. Whenever I think of her Whenever I think of her Yeah Whenever I think of her Thanks a lot, everybody.